on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt Nick will offer up their thoughts and insights for the Ahsoka finale and the major implications it may have for the Mandoverse and Star Wars moving forward. Did they love it? Did they hate it? Is Nick okay? And will Matt ever not like something Star Wars? All will be explored. They'll also look ahead to the future and discuss where the narrative may go if the show gets a second season and how that may impact other projects like The Mandalorian. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses on the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars and on its features. Punch it, chill. Holy shite. We're here. I don't know what's happening to me right now. It's not like my brain shut off. I'm just like, hey, we're here. We're back. New episode of Star Wars Time Show. Holy hell. Has it been an interesting, what, eight, seven weeks of, of Star Wars to talk about? I think we've had some of our most fun shows over these past few weeks. You know, we, got, we, we awoke the, the, the demon within Nick again with Thrawn, so we'll have to see how he feels today after Thrawn brazenly claimed victory number one over Ahsoka and company in the finale. But I, yeah, we started here. I'm just like, whew. It's been a run of some pretty kick-ass Star Wars, um, some of which we haven't seen for, for quite some time, maybe since Mandalorian Season 2, uh, possibly even better than that, depending on where you kind of fall within the Star Wars universe, what timelines you prefer over the other characters, if you hate females, if you hate people of color. You never know in the Star Wars universe where your fandom may lie, uh, but... We love everything, and by we, I mean myself and the mouse in my pocket, not talking about young Nick. We know he's had some valid critiques of the blue guy. Uh, I am interested to see how he feels today. He, he, he spared me any early diatribes, so it'll be fresh today for me, just like the rest of you. I, we I all actually, love. I wrote one up, and I did send it in the Slack, but I just deleted it. I was like, whatever, <laughs> It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I have a feeling I know where it's going to go, but <clears throat> we'll see. I, I, I do think uh, we hit some decent predictions. Uh, one of our fears came true. But listen, I don't want everyone to misinterpret the word fear when I talk about the Balin and Shin plot threads essentially being ignored in the finale. Because when it comes down to it, no one knew that Balin was, or, or I'm sorry, Ray was going to pass. All right. No, no one knew he was going to die. Dave didn't know it. The team didn't know it. Rick, who directed that, the, the finale, didn't know it. So they executed it based on the script. And with hindsight, if Ray is alive, I think a lot of us are like, fuck, I cannot wait to see where this shit goes on Peridia. With Balin, Shin, Sabine, Ahsoka, the Noti, the Tuscan Samurais. God knows what else is going on now. We saw those fucking statues. And yes, I'll address that shit too. I know there's a lot of you that want to see the egg on my face and I will gladly display it because I'm not a jerk off. Can admit when I'm 
wrong sometimes, but I'll definitely clarify that I wasn't ultimately wrong. But um, yeah, I, our, our biggest fear came true, Nick, and, and I think both of, you, both of us were talking about this. Like, listen, I don't know how you're going to execute this finale based on how the uh, penultimate finished, barely moving Balin and Shin. And what do we get in the finale? Zero. Yeah. But that was by, yeah. by design. Like, we cannot, everyone, we cannot get mad at the lack of the Balin and Shin stuff. We can't. That is how Dave intended it to go. It's so clear now, so clear that this show was set for a second season. Like it's 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 not even close to oh yeah we were just gonna dangle it here and hope for the best. You, you don't leave the level of players scattered across galaxies the way Dave did without plans to come back to it. So yeah, a, a fear rang true. But like I said, don't don't look at it. It's not a negative. It's a negative for us as selfish fans because we know what happens when an important Star Wars character dies in real life. It can fundamentally blow up the narrative moving forward, i.e. the sequels, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. And here we are. We're in the same situation. But like I said, we, we really can't dwell on that. What happened happened. Ray's fucking dead. It sucks. And we as fans and the creators, they're, I, I imagine they're in a bit of a pickle. But we're just going to have to hold faith and, and let's celebrate the episode for what it was or, or shit on it for, for what it was. But I, I don't want this to turn into a big, oh, you know, nothing happened with Balin and Shin. But that was by design. It was so clear. It just sucks knowing that what are they going to do outside of a recast? Are they going to bumblefuck like they did with Leia and use old footage and cram in stupid moments to make make it look like they're still there? Who knows? But I'm sure we'll get into that. So, yeah, not a lot of pop culture to get into. I I miss the creator. I know our boy Bango went out. I, I definitely still want to check it out. Hope to do it this week. Uh, but really, it, it's all about Ahsoka tonight, my friends. I mean, we're, we're going to have our patented breakdown. We're going to go through it. Who knows? Maybe it'll be another three hours. Hopefully not. Uh, but not much to talk about. So, uh, you know what, Nick, let's get right into it. You said you scrubbed the feed, so mm. lay it on me. What did you think of that finale, which, you know, I'll admit didn't quite feel like a finale, but I, I, I still felt satisfied, if not a, a bit excited about where things could go as long as we pretend that the Balin situation isn't real. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, like it pretty much just followed exactly what we said was going to happen. I mean, with the, you know, I mean, I guess you could argue that we said that a character was going to get left and two characters got left. So three, Nick, don't discount who Yang. Oh Come yeah. On, who, who Yang. And the, and, yeah, that, and that was a bit friend. of a, that was a bit of a surprise, but like I told you everyone last week, I mean, it made sense Sabine was going to switch places. I mean, that again, the, the, the shit is written for us, my friends. You just got to pay attention. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't find anything in the episode, honestly, like that huge or surprising because it was like relative. It's the way that it had to end. There was no real other way that the that this episode could end. So it was pretty like easily predicted. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that Thrawn maintained his level of Thrawnness <laughs> that I've said the whole time. Like he essentially says like, don't underestimate these people. And then just at every turn underestimates them in every way possible. And then just has this surprised look on his face when 
oh my gosh, the untargeted lasers from the ship that's three miles above their heads didn't hit them. And oh my God, these zombie stormtroopers that even when they're alive, couldn't do anything, didn't stop them. And even when they resurrected, they just killed them again. Oh my goodness. Like, it, like all of that, like if he would have just been like, yeah, this is all cannon fodder. And it's just like, you know, it's just meant to distract them then fine. But like the surprised look on his face when he's like, oh my God, they got past the zombie stormtroopers who can't even do anything when they're See, actually I, I always, alive. Like, it's, it's just, just funny how different we are. Cause I look at it as like, he, he knows all that. He even says like, yeah, it's three Jedi. You know, we're, we're pretty much fucked. I need to get out of here. Morgan, I'm going to sacrifice you for the empire. See ya. And hey, listen, he still accomplishes objectives outside of homeboy sneaking on the ship. But in the end, he was going to make it back regardless. Yeah, right? I mean, so. it, it doesn't matter. They could have like done anything. He had to get back. But it was yes. just like the, like when it when like it gets around and it shows his surprised face as like they literally just walk through all of his obstacles with nothing impeding them. Like I was like, yeah, hey, this it's fits. been a few years since he's seen the Jedi in action, bro. Right. He it's, forgot. It's just like. <laughs> You know, I just have to accept that this uh, character yeah. is just not who I think he is. And so much so that I'm like, they they are setting him up as a patsy. Like at this point, the line from Morgan Elsbeth after he says like, for the Empire, she's like, yeah, whatever, for the Empire. And then when he walks away, she's like, for, for Dathomir. Dathomir. Like, right. yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely like, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe this is just, you know, like... They're just like, okay, well, like, yeah, she's doing it for Dathomir. He's doing it for the Empire. But now uh, it seems a little bit more likely that that he is literally just going to be a patsy. Like, he's the only one on that ship that has any that has any desire to do anything for the Empire. Like, nobody else on that ship gives two fucks about the Empire. The Imperial Remnant is almost so non-existent that even if they chose to stand up against the Night Sisters and all of their like army of zombies that are in his sh- that are in his ship that the night sisters could just be like whatever i'm just going to fucking kill all of you so in my opinion like that little slight for dathmir thing is is pretty much just like we're using you to get back into the galaxy well hey did you also notice nick and look i everyone was using everybody so i'm not going to take that as as he's a fool but did you notice the same thing with the Morgan deal where she muttered that under her breath? So, you know, ultimately all along she was doing it to reseed her planet. Yeah, of course. But did you notice when he decided to blow up the, the crypt that the, the main great mother kind of gave him a bit of side eye? I don't I don't remember that specifically, but yeah, when, if, when he when he starts unloading on it, I don't know why the fuck she would care. They got everything out and they're leaving. But she did look at him like, yeah, that's that's do we got to really blow that up too? you know, maybe maybe we'll come back here one day on a vacation or something. So, yeah, I just um, um, yeah. See, tone, tones picked that up. I, I, I picked that up, too. And who knows? He took him right to Dathomir. So he's. He's executing his plan. Clearly, the, the end shot. That I, I think you are. I don't think he's going to be bamboozled. Who the who the fuck do I? I mean, what do I know really with Thrawn? But it was interesting, and I like that they went to just Dathomir, stopped there, showed the showed the caskets. Like, okay, this is what he's dealing with first, instead of right back into 
the you know the New Republic space or meeting with the other warlords. I, I like that we just left it where it was. But all right, yeah, go, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm again. I'm just not gonna like the character of Thrawn, so I'm not gonna harp on why I don't like him anymore because I've done that for two episodes. I just don't like him. So um, yeah, I mean, the the episode itself like followed a pretty predictable pattern. Um, I think that it puts them like it puts them in a position to where they're back in the galaxy um, and we'll see what happens from there. Like, is he in going to like try to get in communication with the Imperial remnant again? Or is he going to try to, uh, you know, put himself in a position to where he can make a splash in the galaxy? Because I think for now with them just going back to Dathmir is, is, is basically just setting the great mothers up for whatever their plan is on Dathmir to like reseed these, uh, you know, whether Nick, they you be think, in stasis, Dathomirians, or, or whatever they may be. Do you think he's going to make that his his base? Is that going to be his new Mount Tantis or whatever? Potentially. Potentially. I don't know where else he could go. <laughs> or what, what mountain did he live in? Was he in like, way, what was it, Wayland? I don't fucking know. Uh, like these, some of the book people fill me in. Um, but yeah, I mean, because realistically, he at this point, he doesn't have his own forces anymore. Like he all he yeah, has, all we know is the the captain is still jerking off waiting for his return. So he at least has that wing of the Shadow Council. Yeah, so, on his side. The other ones, as we saw, they're they're kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. If he comes back, maybe we'll yield, but we still want our own power. Yeah, and you know he expended all of his zombie troopers on his escape, so he doesn't really have. Forces we know we, we did learn that that those guys were legit. They just committed to yes, we'll stay behind, and yes, when we die, you can reanimate us as fucking zombies. That was, you know, I guess we got some insights there. Although it seems like the death death troopers, the black ones, the ones we leave that no one bulls. Yeah, those yeah those those appeared to have been dead for a while. Yeah, we said like I don't know, like maybe they were like dead and resurrected. There you go. I, I got it somewhat right. Tantus was on Wayland. <laughs> Yeah, I was like Mount Tantas, Mount Wayland, something like that. See, I was close tones, but appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all the like, honestly, like all the all the primary stuff was pretty stock standard, like nothing surprising there. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the ending is definitely like hard to cope with as somebody who knows, you know, who knows what the writers didn't know towards the end, um, because that to me is definitely the most interesting part of the whole series. Whew. Um, I mean, made me look like an ass wipe, you know, as, as uh, you too, we've been sitting here like, yeah, oh, like they're not going to do fucking it. Fucking gods of mortis or bullshit and live action. Go fuck your mom. And, and here we are. So I guess that's, it's time for the mea culpa. And, and you know, I'll, I'll admit it. I, it was probably a, a strong take, although, and here's why I, I clarify it, Nick. So I don't look completely <laughs> stupid. I will say those that were positioning the Mortis stuff all around Anakin and the WBW and this, that, and the other thing, that, you know, fuck you. That's still fucky stuff. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what's happening though, Nick? If you are going to introduce this shit, is the way to do it. A, a slow ass roll. I mean, it was so obvious Dave was setting this up for, you know, let's be real. Season two, in my mind, dude, was going to be a split narrative between Peridia and the New Republic Ezra Hera versus the Empire. Yeah. Uh, you, you had a full story left to tell on Peridia between Balin's quest, what our good guys are up to, 
what what Shin is going to get into warlording with with those people, and then obviously Ezra making making it back kind of keeps that narrative attached to Ahsoka, so you could start showcasing you know what, what what's he getting into is he getting right into the fight or is he now like oh fuck we got to go back and get them so it's now that the ones as they're called the mortis gods 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 of mortis have been officially canonized in live action i think the the way dave was going to slow roll it that's how you do it not just anakin's the father Ahsoka's the daughter. I mean, f- fuck all that. But yes, I was wrong. The Mortis shit is real. I think some of my theories on that are fucking spot on at this point. You know, earlier when we when Balin got there, he's like, the beginning's here. I want to end the cycle. And if you think about the Mortis arc, the, the gods of Mortis, the Mortis Monastery, it's essentially the source of the Force, okay? Yeah. It is the main conduit of the Force in the universe. So if if that's what he's seeing on that mountaintop, just like Anakin was transported to the monastery, he could essentially take control of the force itself or end the force. Yeah, yeah. Or as some theories are trickling out, and, you know, this is from the EU, and I've had to study up on this just so I, I know what I'm talking about, but I am also not opposed to this 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 Abeloth reveal either. And, and Nick, I don't know if you're if you if you were in the EU on this. It's uh, apparently it comes from the fall of the Jedi or something. But as I've I've researched it, Troy Denning wrote this book that was going to include some gods of Mortis shit. He definitely worked with Dave Filoni because it was going to include the gods of Mortis. And from what I have discerned, Filoni guided him on this. Abeloth character, aka the mother. So here's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ahead of where I wanted to be with this, but hey, here we go. So the mother backstory here, she was essentially a regular person that served the gods of Mortis, the father, the daughter, the son. She ultimately became very helpful in keeping the daughter and son at bay. So they were almost at peace and balance. Because she was not a god, she was not an immortal, she aged. So she got old. And for, for whatever reason, one time, she touched the sources of the light and the dark. Okay, the, whatever fountain the sun would feed from and the daughter. And once she did that, she became Abeloth, the, 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 the creature of chaos or something. Almost like a, a monster, a Chlulu or whatever, however the fuck you say that, right, Nick? She, she was hated by everybody, the Sith the Jedi, the gods of Mortis. She was a fucking problem. So much so that I I believe they ultimately had to lock her up in a black hole. So we could potentially be looking at a retcon of that. And Abeloth is actually contained on this planet. She's the one calling to Balin, trying to get free. Because if you look at the gods of Mortis, the daughter's head is missing. She's dead. That planet and the universe, for the, for the most part, is still out of balance. You got to think about it. The, the, the Jedi are still mostly eradicated. The light side force users, there, there's not a lot of them. So it's, it's very interesting shit. I, and I said, I love this lore. I just didn't expect to get it in live action. Here we are. I'm all here for it. The problem is, as Nick said, how are we going to deal with it now that the main guy, I mean, Balin was going to be our tour guide 
of the gods of Mortis in live action, and he's gone. The yeah. character is not, the man is. So I feel like they almost have to recast if they are going down the path we all think Dave was going. Yeah, I, I don't think you have a choice at this point. I mean, it's so hard. The way that this ended, it, it's so hard to like pass that duty off to somebody else because, you know, what I was saying last time was if you would have known this, then potentially you could have had like a reconciliation between Shin and and Balin at the end. And then Shin takes up that mantle, goes towards, you know, like follows the path that he was following towards this monastery. And, and then you see the arc through her eyes, but clearly they've, they've positioned her in a different way now. Like she is going to be part of this tribe of, uh, you know, Tuscan Peridian wastelanders and, and stuff like that. They're like, she's going to kind of be their leader from what I can tell. Um, and it doesn't seem like Ahsoka and the good guys are, are necessarily going to be interested in helping out Balin. So they're really kind of stuck to recasting this character. Which yeah, isn't a bad so. thing, you know. I don't think it's it's not like recasting, you know, a a, a legendary character like Luke Skywalker True. or something like that. Um, he he did like while Ray was only in for a short time, he did have like a very powerful impact on the series and then you know like on fans for sure. It was amazing. I mean, dude, like like we put out a clip last. I mean, he Ray Stevenson was a gift to Star Wars. He was. I mean, he. Let's be real. The, the, the whole cast was pretty damn good in Ahsoka. Yeah. Got even better as the series went on. But Ray was the dude from start to finish that just fucking owned the screen every time he was on it. And yeah. that that presence is going to be hard to replace. But Nick, while we're on this, let's have some fun. We, we They were spitballing in the Discord, by the way, if you want to join it. Open link, StarWarsTime.show. Just find the link tree, link tree in there. Join in the fun. Um, but a big one, the, the intern kicked this around. There's, there's actually some Photoshop. You should check it out. But, uh, Liev Schreiber to replace Ray Stevenson. Uh, yeah. he could do the voice. He's kind of got that presence. You would need to bulk up a little bit, but he was one fans on Reddit calling for Gerard Butler. I know I, he's too much of a meathead. Um, I think Tone shared an Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I, 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 I think the intern and, and the leave call is... 100. Yeah, like, I think that's probably, I mean, of, of notable actors, yeah, I think he's probably the best choice, but there's going to be somebody out there that's going to fit this role better that we just don't know about. Like, Nick, who, do they dare ask the Stevenson estate for the rights to digitally place the face? I, I just don't. Voice? I don't think that you could do it because it's going to take up too much of the script like if it was short like if it was a short thing like we had with leia or if you know like short stuff like short like cut scenes like we had with um you know in in like rogue one and stuff like that maybe but i feel like his character is going to be too primary to the to the plot line of season two and he's going to have yeah. too much screen time right that yeah, it's going to be uncanny valley <laughs> yeah it's going to be odd so i think that it would be better just to do a full yeah. recast. And, and yeah, honestly, it's, you're right. If you, if you do it, if you do a full recast, then you just have to make a choice of like, do we just completely 
ignore the fact that this is a different human being that's playing this character or do we try to do something lore wise story wise to explain yeah. his his visual transformation like, like burn his face or something where he has to wear a mask or his face is all mangled you know something like that I, I, i've seen those theories or, that would work i mean something like but even if you did something where it's like you know as as he approaches the monastery and he gets closer to the source you know, and he's in communication with this being. This, do they say like, in order to to put yourself in our presence, you must take on a new form? And there they you just go. yeah, boom. sure. They sure. change it because yeah, you could set some guy's face on fire, and then the whole fucking time he's walking around with bandages. But how <laughs> fucking like stupid Freddy would that Kruger. be? <laughs> like that would be dumb. Uh, yeah. Like, Well, I am stupid. I never, you know, I don't work in Hollywood. That's why I'm in my basement right now. (laughs) Like you could, you could like narratively put something in there where it's like you explain a physical transformation for a character in an, in a narrative sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, they they can work. I, I, I'm trying to think, I mean, Bango brings up Game of Thrones did a recast. I forget who, but I know he's right. Yeah, but that was at the, that was the fucking, oh God. It was like the nobody character that follows around Daenerys but they recast him after he had only been in one scene at the okay. end of the other season. Well, Wheel of Time, Nick, was there a recast on there that? There was a recast. I have, I have not caught season two. Yeah, so there was a recast of one of the primary characters on there, and they just didn't address it. Like, and it, It's just it, a dude, and you're probably just, like, whatever, it's been a year, I don't even remember the actor that much anyways. Yeah, it was like, it was <laughs> just a new actor, and that was it, so... I, you know, I, I, that, I think that's going to be a harder ask in Star Wars, because it's Star Wars, but yeah, it, it can happen. The one that's most prominent to me, and I still feel like it was slightly wonky, was the excellent, very manly Spartacus series on stars from, hell, it's probably over 10 years old, but the, but the guy playing Spartacus got cancer and mm-hmm. I, I and just couldn't ever get back and they had that i think they cast liam mcintyre to replace it yeah they looked quite similar but it, it was far enough off that you're always going man i wish the original dude didn't die yeah and I, I guess that's and you're right they have to go to recasts unless they just scrap season two because bob Iger is a piece of shit yeah, but I mean, that's, I, I just hope I'm not watching the recast the whole time going, you know, this this works, but it's less than, you know yeah, what I mean? I think it's because of the impact that he had with this character and, and because of how beloved he was by the entire fan that's base. That's the problem. It's just going to be like, it's going to be like that. You could put in, like you could put the best actor in the world in that place and it's just going to be like, yeah, you're you're fucking right. great, but like you're not him. Like you're you're not Ray. I think you're you you're, you probably have the best fix, and who knows if they have enough footage from the floor that they can somewhat get Ray looking like he's going to talk to a being or something or or yeah. a, a great light, and he walks in and is transformed. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. See, I mean, hell, season two is a thing. The problem is with the con, you know the consecutive strikes, actors still aren't back. Bob wanting to literally not spend any money anymore on anything. You, you got to wonder, is it going to get bludgeoned and reformulated into some bullshit like that, that, that Band-Aid movie we heard about a few months ago? And I really hope that's not the case because it, it is so fucking evident that Dave had big plans for this series, at least for another season. I mean, in my mind... I don't even see the heroes potentially even getting back until the end of season two. 
Yeah. Uh, if if they if I don't even think all of them probably would have gotten back. Maybe this would finally be Ahsoka's sacrifice, truly taking her place as as the daughter as everyone wants them to be. And and listen, listen. Those those motherfucking things were were immortal gods. And I know, yeah, if you killed the father, you could kill the son and daughter. But they're still beings of the force. I refuse to believe that they are just gone, gone. I mean, in fact, they technically perished in the Clone Wars, but who the fuck was Ezra hearing in the world between worlds? Yeah. The fucking father. So uh, I think they're still out there, and, and that's why I think there's a, there's a nefarious force calling Balin, not, not, not the actual gods of Mortis. But I, I wanted to address this real quick, and then we'll get back to the review. Um, I, I actually am, am committed to this right now, but Tone is, Tones is asking, so what we saw in Clone Wars with Mortis was on Peridia, and I'm, I'm going to say with a confident yes, and hear me out. If you remember that arc, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi, they don't go to Mortis. No, they, they like, are transported. Yeah, they like flashed there. I, I, they Nick, I think it's like a, a monolith or something yeah. Anakin touches, and, and boom, they're there. So yes, Tones, I 100% think that when our heroes in the Clone Wars were transported to Mortis, which, by the way, is a planet within the fucking Force. It's not a fucking planet. It's... A force planet in the force, if you can understand that. I 100% think that they were taken at this point now to Peridia. I do think the Mortis Monastery is physically on Peridia. Our heroes from the Clone Wars were transported there. Once the father moved into the ether, Anakin denied his request to stay. They were put right back in their place in time. I think, like, I, I don't agree with that. So like, well, like Balin, the beginning, the be- this is where it is. I'm yeah, telling you, man. No, 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 no. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that they didn't go to Peridia. They, they went to the force planet Mortis. And what likely is happening is that Peridia holds the monastery or whatever the well, physical yeah, that, that's embodiment what I mean. like, is. But the physical embodiment is not where they ended up. Like the physical embodiment is probably going to hold, for lack of a better word, a divine gate through which you access the larger area of Mortis. So like, he, like when he steps onto this monastery or whatever it is, he's still on Peridia. When he passes through that divine gate, he's not on Peridia. He is no longer right, within right. this. I mean, this is some like D&D shit, but he's not on this plane anymore. Like he has ascended to a different plane or like moved into... The you know the, from the prime material plane in D and D terms, right? To it's the, like to the going divine, into WBW. Like, I mean, you're not you're not in the real world anymore. Yeah. So like, I don't think that they were on Peridia. Like yeah, they I were. Don't know. On I'm I'm, I'm running with that. I'm running with it. Like like the the Mortis Monastery is on Peridia, and maybe Mortis itself is in the monastery. Who the fuck knows? But when when I don't think that shot behind Balin looking at that light was meant to be much different than the shot from Clone Wars where Anakin is looking at a very similar light on a tall peak in the distance. Uh, it, it would be cool. It'd just be a nice tie-in. It would be the through line that Star Wars is is known for. But I, I 100% think, even if it's kind of like what Nick is saying, Peridia, Mortis, the Monastery, they're all fucking interlinked at this point. Yeah, it's so clear. It's, you you don't build argonath size uh, statues to the gods of Mortis on this planet if it's if it's just a regular planet. 
And we've been saying since day one, Peridia felt off. It was a wasteland. I mean, you had little turtle people and some some uh, bandits and then the Night Sisters. That which, hey, I love hearing that Thrawn did awake them. I mean, Thrawn just stumbled upon this shit, walked in, probably had his Indiana Jones hat on and his whip and said, wake up, motherfuckers. I'm Thrawn. Yeah, let's, I wonder if they let's meant do like something. he awoke them like with his arrival or if he like... Ezra said, like, hey, Thrawn found this place and and woke the sisters. So I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows exactly what that meant? Um, But yeah, it's that that drop at the end was like, holy fuck, dude. At first, I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? And then when it pulled out, you went, holy shit. That's that's daddy. And there's the son. And look, the daughter's fucking head's gone. And part of it, like there's a, there's a, there's a crack where she's separated from the other ones. Is that where the mother was? Who knows? Or is that just a a symbolism of, yeah, the daughter is dead. She's been dead. The light side of the force has been pretty fucked in the galaxy ever since Palpatine did his thing. And, uh, and, and this planet is definitely out of balance. Yeah. And I'm wondering like, you know, where like uh, fans have always been like, well, Ahsoka is the is the daughter. She's going to take the daughter's place and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. And I wonder if there is some truth or if there's something to like avatars in this world, like if they're going to make like living avatars. of no, these- dude, That's that's what Morai is like when Morai shows up at the end. That is the daughter. I mean, that is canon. The daughter passed her essence into the last bit to resurrect Ahsoka. The other into Morai. And Ahsoka even says, like, Morai is essentially this person who saved my life. Yeah. I mean, like, so what I was saying is, like, like, is there an avatar, like a direct, like, I guess you would say sentient human, whatever, like, avatar to each one of these three beings? Like, is there a, is there a, is, is there a human avatar to the sun? And then when he passes that whole, like the avatar becomes somebody else. Like, is there always like, are there always living avatars of these force well, embodiments out y- y- there? You're, in you're the probably, galaxy? you're probably on to something. Cause they did have avatars when Anakin and them ran into them. And, and yeah. like I said, they all, they all essentially killed themselves. Cause that's what <laughs> force beings do. Um, but, but you gotta remember Anakin turned them down and said, fuck you. And the guy mm-hmm. said, like, listen, you will eventually bring balance to the force, but you got to watch yourself because you got some shit in there that could really get dark. And yeah, here we go. Vader popped out and he eventually got there. I, I still don't think that automatically makes him the father again. No, uh, yes. I, I feel like Anakin turned down that opportunity. And, and here's the other caveat to truly be a god of Mortis. And this is with Ahsoka, too. I don't think she is yet to truly be a god of Mortis. You have to stay on Mortis. Like, that's that's the deal. Mortis, if you forget, was a, essentially a prison planet because the father couldn't fucking keep the son from wanting to fuck everything up. So he moved all their asses there so he could lock everyone down and try to keep things in balance. So if you become a god of Mortis, if you become a part of the ones, as they're called, you stay there. You stay in that conduit of force. You are in that Mortis force planet. You're not allowed to just fucking flit around and remain flesh and blood. So, yeah, yeah, maybe when Ahsoka passes, because she was directly resurrected by the daughter, she assumes that place. Anakin, I I feel like, even though he ultimately sort of brung balance 
somehow he returned all fucked up. I, I think Anakin forfeited his chance. Yeah. At it's being like, the true father. And I don't think Balin wants to be the father either. I think Balin wants to control the force. He he wants to manipulate the conduit. Yeah. Like what I'm struggling to to see at this point is like, okay, you go through this storyline. What is your end game? Like what what so like if, if they restore if the if the daughter is restored, like what does it mean? Because we know what happens like that. That's the problem with storytelling in this in between time period is ultimately, you know, everything that happens, you know, who has to die, you know, how shit plays out because there's shit that happens after it already. So like if, if Ahsoka becomes the daughter and, and, and the triumvirate of, of Mortis is, is, is reestablished. What does it mean? See, because I, I think we, you're on to something though. You, you're right. I, I don't think the triumvirate reforms because the galaxy stays out of up. balance. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's unendingly fucked up, which is that, just that, the Star Wars galaxy. But listen to who you sound like right now. You're Balin. Balin is yeah, the one no, saying it, this cycle is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's bullshit. Jedi are bullshit. Sith are bullshit. I'm going to come in and fucking end it all. So that, that's why, like he wants to take the force and either fully control it or just fucking kill it. Yeah, and I mean, like, th- that's what makes him an interesting character because yeah. he's the okay, one. Good. He's the one that you're watching as a fan, and you're like, "You're right. It's the same shit over yeah, and over no, again." That, that's funny. <laughs> like, as you were saying, I'm like, "Dude, Nick is Balin's skull." That's exactly what he was saying. Like, look, this is all fucking horseshit. We are in a constant fucking loop. So I'm just gonna end it. The cycle will end. I will take out the beginning. Yeah, because like realistically. We know what happens 60 years or 50 years from now, whatever it is. 100%. Like once we get, once so, we get to whatever, it's like, right. okay, well, what? The good guys all get destroyed again, then the bad guys rise again, and the good yeah, guys so destroy again. So the cycle continues. So, like, so, so nothing Balin's happens quest, here. Yeah, Balin's quest <laughs> fails. We don't need a season two. You're correct. <laughs> but like, that, I mean, like that's what gets frustrating I about know, these like in-between stories is it's right. just like... Well, yeah, like, okay, well, Thrawn's back. Well, guess what? Thrawn's going to motherfucking lose. And it's not going to make a shit of a difference to anything because there's already three whole ass movies that happen after this. Right. I mean, and that's... I still think, I think Thrawn, like, leaves an impact on the New Republic. I think he's ultimately going to be the reason why they have to relocate to the Hosnian system. But as you said, it ultimately doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's like that because the first order is going to rise and Palpatine's fucking plan is going to come to fruition. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Is it like a cool story to watch in the moment? For sure. But like ultimately, like it would this would be such an amazing show if we didn't know that like, yeah, well, like none of this matters. Like none of like Balin's not going to change anything because the fucking, the the galaxy is still in the same cycle because we see it go through in the movies. Like the Thrawn shit's not going to make a difference because we know that the empire doesn't come back before the fucking new Republic before the, the sequel trilogy. So we know he just loses. Like, will he put up a cool fight? I hope so, but he's going to lose and it's not going to have a lasting impact on the new Republic because the new Republic is still there. Are they on a different planet? Yeah. Like maybe they fucking nuke Coruscant and that's like your big, that's your big win. But ultimately like whatever happens here has no impact on the greater galaxy enough 
to where it's even addressed in the stuff that comes later. I, I think the only thing we could say that might happen is Ahsoka finally moves on to yeah, like, a uh, spirit world because she she you know she's a part of the voices for Ray. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> there, there's just like an assumption That's that it. like these characters that are around right now are just not going to be around. Like Ezra's probably going to die or Ezra decides to go back to Peridia. Like he's not in the galaxy anymore because if he was, we probably would have seen him. Like oh, Ahsoka, they, they would have to back his ass into all the Luke stuff at this point. Yeah. Too. Cause like he would, he would have to be like, it only makes sense if, if Ezra survives all of this stuff that he works with Luke to reestablish the Jedi order or if not, he is in direct opposition to the the like the Grand Master Jedi of the galaxy who's trying to reestablish the Jedi Order. Uh, Ahsoka's got to die because, like you said, her voice is heard throughout, or she she takes this the the mantle as as the daughter in this triumvirate, and maybe that's why her voice could be heard. But then, why isn't she distinct from any other voice that's heard? Right. Yeah. That, 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 but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't. <laughs> I know everyone like it makes sense. Yeah, so good the daughter, Anakin the father, who's the son? Blah blah blah. There's like, oh, Ben Solo. It's like, no, no, let's get away from all that. Yeah, because the, the, the gods of Mortis have been dead for decades, and the galaxy yeah. has been doing its thing. The Force users have been doing their thing, and and, and like I said, to be to truly become one, it's you have to sacrifice yourself essentially to Force Mortis. Yeah, you, you can't you can't have a physical form that roams the galaxy, and like you you stay on that planet to ensure that the light and the dark always stay in balance. That was the father's job. Yeah, light like, only do good, son only do bad, father keep them in in between. And honestly, if you're Ahsoka and you hear that deal and you're like, "Well, my force essence is tied here. My physical body is no longer in existence because I've ascended to this throne. I can't and I can't communicate with my Padawan in Sabine or like anybody else through the force. That's like a bad deal, dude. Like what, what, why would you take that? Like, that's what Anakin's like, fuck you. I'm out of here, dude. I'm not, I'm not staying here. I'm, yeah. I'm Anakin fucking Skywalker, bro. So I just like, and that's just like the struggle of this time period is like, ultimately like there's nothing big can happen. Like there's, can, can cool stuff happen? Yeah, cool sure. stuff can happen. But like, ultimately, like you, you know, there's there's just not like a like a whole lot that's going to that's going to leave a lasting impact on the galaxy. I'm very interested to see if they can write something that will. But but the thing is, is like this, we we almost know that this Mortis arc is going to end in in like probably failure or like well, you know what and, and that's why not that i know a bunch and i've heard from book readers that they really don't like abeloth but if it happens it, it's been set up properly so they'll accept it but it almost feels like nick that has to happen like yeah it, when when balin gets there it, it's fucking it's like red gods it's like surprise you just unleashed a fucking demon on the the universe not just this galaxy but all galaxies. Yeah. So, so I think it, that I mean, that's probably the way it needs to go, right? Yeah, you know, and then and then it turns into a war on two fronts where you mm -hmm. have, you know, like essentially you would have the good guys who are stuck on Peridia and the Wastelanders and Shin and Balin all have to team up to be like, okay, look, we have to kill this thing or it's fucking Galactus right. time, like to, to bring yeah. it to Marvel. No, the, that, there you go. That, as Abeloth has been written, Galactus, I think that's a fair comparison.
Yeah. So it's, it will be interesting to see, well, you know, one, if season two happens and two, how they choose to progress that story, because I feel like if you, if you really do get into the gods of Mortis stuff, then what would, would be expected is like permanent shift in how the force interacts with the universe, right? Like if, if the triumvirate is reestablished, if, if Ahsoka takes her place as the daughter and there is balance once again within these gods of Mortis, yeah, you would expect good. a marked change on how everything in the universe functions Correct. around the force. And we just don't see that in the content to come later. Well, so, well hey, man, to highlight your point, if you go back to the Clone Wars... Once the daughter dies and, and shit is out of balance, Ooh. it's the beginning of the end. I mean, yeah. that's when Palpatine really starts to make his push and, and the force itself goes in the toilet for a few decades. Yeah. So he's not wrong. Like Nick is 100% canon correct. That's all like, so that's, well, hey, if, it's if, like it, a- if it tipped like in the balance or, or, or side the light, it'd be like someone snaps their finger and everyone's in the galaxy singing like <laughs> yeah, yub nub, like, like yub nub. Chiba, oh, oh, and then you like fly around the galaxy yeah. and your fireworks everywhere. <laughs> and like, and at this point, really, like, we don't even know what, what balance means. Like, does balance mean that there's still a rotational cycle between good I, yeah, and bad? You, you and it's just, so. it's just a shorter cycle. Like, is that like if they do restore the guy, like, if, if Ahsoka takes her place as the, the daughter. Is that why the the first order is only around for a couple of years and then they fail? Like, is that is no, that the explanation? Maybe that's why the that? dyad was born, Nick. Like, is that yeah? Is is that she, why the dyad? She birthed is here? the dyad. Like, there's there's a lot of like if you if you Balin's the fucking route. dyad. He 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 creates the dyad. He he when he gets to this light, he's gonna have an egg and a sperm. And he's going to make the dyad and it's going to travel across the stars into Leia's belly in a clone's nutsack. Yeah, it's, and it's just henceforth the, Ray and Ben will be born. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to figure out like what the end game of this is, knowing what comes after. So, yeah, I mean, I, like, well, it, that's why I kind of like see. let's just unleash hell instead yeah, of trying to it. figure out because because what we're talking about, if you've missed the Mortis arc, it's as religious as Star Wars gets. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's the Star Wars. I, I mean, we're Trinity. literally. Like, yeah, it's it's Catholic Star Wars in the name of the father, the son and the daughter. I mean, that that's where we're at. So I'm uh, while I am glad this lore is being introduced, those are the weeds. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't like why I, I, is a casual fan really going to give a fuck that Anakin as a chosen one is is technically the father. Does that really matter? As Nick said, I mean, th- there hasn't been a father, son and daughter since the Clone Wars. And for the most part, the galaxy is operating just like it always has a little fucked up. But, you know, there's pockets of good pockets of bad. Yeah, I mean, because well, is that how you is that how you explain the fucking thousand plus years of of, of peace in the it, it galaxy? Must be, prior dude. To, I mean, it might, like the, the the daughter and son must have been fucking doing patty cakes all throughout the High Republic up until the end of the Grand Republic, and once the son and uh, essentially got the daughter killed, and then himself, and then the father. Then see you later. Yeah. Cause I mean, so I guess it does, it does make a mark on the galaxy. It's just, 
But that's we've what, gone like, so long without it. Why? Why hasn't Annie? If he is truly the father, why hasn't he sacrificed himself to the planet yet? Yeah, uh, all this fun stuff. Why is Ahsoka still walking on the planet if she knows she could just become the daughter and fix everything? So let, I, I'm with you. I, I don't want to get that far into the weeds. I hope a lot of this is a ruse, and he Balin is is being duped by yeah. a, a very powerful force being that has no intentions of doing anything good. Yeah, because, I mean, we've had, I mean, you could go back in the SWT archives and we've had discussions about this, the Mortis arc, like, years ago. And even at that time, we were like, you kind of put yourself in a can of worms if you choose to to actually move forward with this as, like, a serious part of canon because... If you ever get to the point where it's like, okay, well, the daughter's back, then you tie essentially the fate of the galaxy to the fate of these three characters. And now everything that happens in the galaxy has to have an equal pull on these three characters. And it's just like it's it it, it just sets yourself up in a very weird position to where it's like, oh, well, something bad happened. I guess that the that the son it got the 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 hands yeah, up in the wrestling today. match. It's right. like it's it 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 puts you in a very weird position. And it was always like as soon as they introduced it, it was like this very cool piece of lore. But it was also this very complicated piece of lore. Oh, it, it it gets very mythological, if you will. Like it, there, there, there's a lot of rules that might not be rules. Who can die? Who can't die? Uh, who can persist? Who can't? Who can become it? Who can't? Uh, I mean, you're telling me that the force from the get-go identified Ahsoka as pure light? No, she was literally cleansed of her darkness with the daughter's dying breath. I mean, she she was affected by the sun, and the daughter's like, hey, you know, I'm dying. Here you go. Here's your, your light back. So, I, I don't know. Like, like yeah. that stuff, it's canon. Great. I don't even know if it is anymore. If you go to the wiki on the ones, dude... Canon is like a paragraph on the yeah. on the gods of Mortis. Legend, they even include some of the the Clone Wars shit in there now as legends. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, no, all I, I know is it's here. And if they can fix the Ray problem, I think we're we're really gonna kind of delve into it. But I think it's gonna be kind of a surprise moment when he actually gets there, and he's not yeah. gonna quite run into the thing he's expecting to. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, dude. It's such a hard because they're thing. gone. Like I mean, it, it, you have to figure if they're just disembodied spirits now. They can't really do much anymore, even in the plane of Mortis. Uh, the only thing Balin could really do is either try to take control of of the Force and, and manipulate it for his needs, or end it. Yeah, like uh, I don't want him talking. To, oh, I'm the father now. Blah blah blah. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. It's it's. I mean, we'll see where it goes, but I think that like we, I think one thing that we also have to realize is that regardless of your feelings on the sequel trilogy, I know that Bango dropped a joke in there, like maybe they're laying the groundwork (laughs) to throw it out. But like what we have to just like be aware of is that steps from here forward, all of them are leading towards the sequel trilogy and the writers know that and the Mm -hmm. writers know that what they do from like all with all of these shows, with all of the Mandoverse and with all of the new content that is post ROTJ, it is it has to lead towards some like in some way, if it is if it is a primary plot thread to what we see in TFA, TLJ and, and Tross. It has to like there's you can't write 
offshoot stories that contradict what has already happened. So like all the people are like, oh man, I hope this doesn't do it. It's going to in some way, like in so, like it, it may not even directly address it, but the, but the things that happen in these stories will build towards what happens in those three movies, regardless of whether you like them or not. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. canon. They're there. Like mm-hmm. Disney, like Disney's not going to sit there and be like, okay, you guys didn't like them. Well, like, we'll just rewrite them. We're just going to redo them. Like yeah, that's not there, going to happen. A, there's a contingent of people out there that, that think the sequels aren't real or they will be remade or they'll be retcon. Yeah. It's like, it's, like they think no, there's like, Oh, it was all a no. forced dream or some, some something no. like that. Like it, that's not going to happen because if that was the case, then the fucking prequel trilogy would have been wiped clean and not Canon fucking 10 years yeah, after see, it was made. I'm Cause glad everybody you, fucking hated it. I'm glad you said that. Not me. Cause I'm usually the one that takes a piss on the prequels. I've become a bigger fan over the years, but it took a lot of work, a lot of therapy and a lot of animated Star Wars to get there, okay? <laughs> but he's not wrong. And I know you other motherfuckers that are in, in my generation, close to Nick, or started with the OT, you're a little older when the prequels came out, you know we're right. And I still it's, love them, deep down. I'm a Star Wars fan. I watch them at least one time a year. They have gotten a lot better. Rots is still the worst. Fight me. <laughs> but Nick is 100% correct. We were all, even before... We had the, the internet as a megaphone. Us Star Wars fans back in the day were all sitting there going like, man, I really kind of wish we could redo this shit. You know, I, I yeah. kinda, can we get a, a redo, George, maybe yeah. something, so fix it, it up a little you know, bit, maybe. Do you want to do your special editions on the prequels, please? <laughs> like please. this isn't, yeah, like this isn't the first time, like the sequel trilogy is not the first time no. that there has been mass outcry against the new Star Wars trilogy. Like that happened already. And now... What you see is the children of that generation who grew up with it, like Jared and like a lot of our younger fans who were like who had seen the prequel trilogy when they were children, love them. And guess what? There are going to be kids that grow up and they're going to love the sequels. Guaranteed. Like it's going to happen because that's the Star Wars that they grew up with. She might not. (laughs) Like I I think Charlie's like so anti-Star Wars now. It kind of breaks my heart, but oh well. I like this one from Dan the Man. Okay, Dan the Man, welcome. He's he's jumping in here. Dropped in. I'm probably missing a bunch of context, but with the all roads lead to sequel trilogy talk, I will say that Dave essentially rebooted Star Wars without erasing the sequel. Yeah, sure. But as Nick said... He's ultimately still beholden to what happens. Yeah, in the to that story. Trilogy. Like he can't, he can't write a story. Like he, he didn't reboot it. Like he's telling a story in the interim of. Like he didn't reboot Star Wars. Like there was a six, what a fifty-year time window between our like ROTJ and TFA that had nothing in there. Yeah, and 40-ish, he's just like you thirty-eight, know, maybe somewhere around there. Like. And he's taken a brush and he's painted yeah. that canvas with this story, but that that doesn't reboot anything. Like like nothing that is happening right now has has any effect on the sequel trilogy, because the the characters of the sequel trilogy are still going to be around. The storylines of the sequel trilogy are still going to be around, and ultimately the story of the sequel trilogy is going to play out as it has. Like it is it is Dave Filoni's job to. In this period of time, after ROTJ, pre-TFA, to fill in that gap and lead into the sequel trilogy. It is not to reboot it in any way. Uh, dude, it's already happened. Shadow Council. We we have a, a hux on it. Literally. There's the, the, a hux. 
Hux's dad is on the Shadow Council yeah. in this timeline. I mean, like the First Order is already here. Yeah, Ziono, like like Ziono is yes. from Resistance, which was going on in the sequel. Like, I, I, dude, everyone TFA. is still is still on the Ziono is an Imperial spy tram. Just like <laughs> go watch your fucking Resistance. Yeah, I get it. He is a cunt. He is a dick. But he's not. He's just a he's a fucking shitbag bureaucrat. Like you know, most of the ones that uh, govern us. So. Yeah. so I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't want to like. I don't want to go. I mean, like we've we've. This was a pretty big spiel on how like they can't like this oh, isn't going to be fixed like, the sequel I, trilogy time. Like it's just not going to happen. No, like, no. We're we're not we're not <laughs> we're not Dan the man. We're not the, the this type of channel that sits here and all we talk about is getting rid of the sequel. We understand it's here. It's staying. It's part of the universe. We got to work towards it. I think, you know, we have been a bit negative about what's to come. But with that being said, we are still getting excellent content to take in. And Ahsoka is an excellent series, in my opinion. I really dug what it did. Some of the lore it gave us. The finale, I guess I'm going into my review. (laughs) Finally, not that it matters. Uh, but it, it was a little, it didn't feel like a finale, that's for sure. But I, I think a lot of that was based on that, that fear I told you earlier, when it's not a fear of, ooh, that was bad, a fear of, ooh, I like what they're setting up. I just don't know how you achieve it now with uh, Ray Stevenson dying. Um, but I, yeah. I thought the action in this episode was top notch. The battle between Ahsoka and Morgan was one of the more acrobatic and graceful um, saber fights we've seen you could totally see that you know diana is related to the lee family i mean the way she moves is so martial arts correct and rosario looked great too but it, like diana you can just tell like it's in her blood she's been doing this since she was a fucking baby uh, so I, I dug the action i dug the you know the the howler charge and even though it was you know they, they couldn't get hit by turbo lasers but we identified way back in episode three turbo lasers can't hit shit in star wars so get over it like i, I just like it, it drives me nuts it, it, it doesn't drive me nuts it makes me smile that you know people watch a science fiction show like star wars that's been out since the the, the late 70s where the good guys ultimately win all the fucking time against insurmountable odds. Yet to this day, we still got a nitpick like, man, so fucking stupid, only two TIE fighters and they didn't just blow it up. They only downed it and then he missed them on the fucking, well, no shit. It wouldn't be Star Wars if in the first 10 minutes of the episode, Thrawn drops a turbo laser, direct hit, kills all three. Like, come on, people. Like, if you want that type of shit, go watch... Fiction, nonfiction, <laughs> not fiction. Fiction. Fi- fiction is <laughs> nonfiction. <laughs> okay, so I enjoyed it. I, I, I'll we'll we'll have a putting the series to bed next week. So I'm not going to get into that. But I, I, I like the finale. I, I think I liked it mostly because of what it teased for the future. I love the idea of having Star Wars set in a different galaxy and Star Wars in our known galaxy. Kind of kind of like we got the tease here in the last three episodes. I, as much as I didn't think it would ever happen, I do ultimately dig the gods of Mortis being canonized in, in live action and, and where that could go. I just hope, and we're not going to relitigate it, I just hope it doesn't get too much into who's going to become who. And I think it's more of a MacGuffin to reveal something ultimately evil. 
Um, and I was a bit surprised, even though we pretty much nailed the general predictions. I, I, I did not see Ahsoka and Sabine staying back, but I, I, that's a good sign. Like I said, that, that confirms season two, confirms there's a lot more story to tell, and uh, it, it, it confirms their, their journeys are not over yet. And even though Nick is right, and we know where ultimately everything is heading, we still have have to look forward to what's to come because I'm still going to celebrate these little lore reveals we get, even knowing the ultimate end to all of this. Um, yeah, Dan, the man, welcome. Yeah, I'm not the smartest of Star Wars hosts, but we're glad you're here. All right. So I think we, we've at least somewhat reviewed it and went down a large tangent on the gods of Mortis and all that. So we don't have to touch that, but I do want to get into some of the uh the the top moments here oh the other thing nick i i did i i felt like sabine had a full arc in ahsoka and and i can appreciate that i mean she started long hair shut off cut away from ahsoka shittiest force user of all time told told that multiple times but when it, it, it really got down to it and, she, you know, she heard some of the lessons from Ahsoka, how her master was always there for her and, you know, uh, Ezra's sacrifice, you could see that, that this girl, this Mandalorian born to kill is finally getting it. She is she is 100 percent in touch with the force now. I, I, I enjoyed those moments. I like that she got her own saber moment. That That's a definite nod to I mean, anytime a force user is new. If that's like, okay, they're getting it right. Ray did it. <laughs> Luke did it. Now, now we got Sabine doing it. I think every Jedi at one point in time has pulled their saber to them when they're in deep shit and they're overmatched. Uh, but I, I do like how, so I mean, I'm sorry, how Sabine ended up. I, I think it was a nice little arc. She kind of, her and Ahsoka truly were the mains here. They, they both went through an arc. Ahsoka just completed hers a bit earlier than Sabine. So, yeah. All right. Um, getting into the, the top moments here, I, 20 years to fill in, can't wait to, yeah, we, I think Red Dog's right. We, we still got about 20 years ago. Cause I, th I think at this point we're, we are nine to 10 years beyond ret Return of the Jedi. So I would say about 28 years left before TFA. Okay, mm -hmm. Nick, some top moments I had here. And really, I was a fan of these people since we showed up on Peridia, but I, I liked getting more looks at live-action Night Sisters, in particular the Shadow Ceremony, to essentially induct Morgan officially into the Sisterhood. I mean, is that how you took it, or or were they turning her into a a Shadow Warrior? No, I, I do think, I, I agree with you there. I think that this was like her initiation into the yeah. the sisterhood for, for lack of a better term. Yeah, like um, giving her, giving her some of the powers, even though she, she kind of believed in the religion, she never really had their, their full complement of dark magic. Exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that was probably my favorite part, like the whole um, the, the night sister angle of the episode and, and like really delving into their side of the magic and, and how that interacts with your, your form and stuff and seeing that take place with Morgan for the first time, the introduction of the blade of Talzin, um, which was super cool. Yeah. How about uh, did, Nick? That wasn't something she had in the cartoons, right? No, that's something that she has in Swago though. No shit. 
Yeah, because you remember, like, you know how there's the... Well, you know how there's the, like, she can make everybody assist to attack the same target? Yeah. She goes like this, the blade shows, no she hits them with one, and then everybody else goes in. So that's that's definitely from... Hold on, let me look at so this. We'll go. Okay, let me look at I mean, I don't know if it's called the Blade of Talzin, but Talzin does that. No, let, here you go. Spirit Blade Assault. Not yeah. not called, but I, I, you're 100% correct. Because, I mean, look here. I mean, one of the screens I have, they literally pull it out of a green spirit field. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that's what it looks like in game. So yeah, good pick up there. Yeah. All, all that was great. And and you got to wonder, Nick, you know, after the ceremony and you know, the, the, the one great mother was essentially burning her face. Is that how the night sisters get those markings then? Like the, they're black around their eyes and under their eyes and whatnot. You think it kind of seems like it, right? Yeah. It's like those markings matched the markings or, you know, not perfectly in shape, but like in form to the markings that the other great mothers had the eyes. Right, right. Even Talzine kind of had some black around there. So I, I don't know. I just, I wonder if that's a, a, a thing, mm-hmm. if you will. So I, I really, I really dug that. The, the other one, again, just, just the Lord nuggets. I fucking love that Dave spent some time with Ezra building a lightsaber. All right. Last week I was like, Hey, maybe he gets one from Thrawn. Clearly that wasn't the deal. He did put on stormtrooper armor. Got you there. Uh, not necessarily the way we thought, but sort of, but Nick, I, I just really like the scene. I like seeing Ezra at work. We always knew he was a good tinkerer, just like Luke. I mean, Ezra and Luke were very similar. They're the same age. Uh, he's just not a Skywalker. He doesn't have his main midichlorians, but skill level He's up there, especially with the droid building and tinkering. And, and I think what added to it was the banter between Hu Yang. You know, Hu Yang initially giving him shit like, hey, man, I've been doing this for 25K and who the fuck are you? You're, you're like some homeless guy that you're, you're a Boken <laughs> Jedi. You know, you're one of these busted ass motherfuckers that didn't go through the temple. But after a while and listening to Ezra and seeing him work, you could tell that Hu Yang's like, oh, yeah, shit. This guy, you know, he's from Canaan, Caleb. He 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 made that connection very easily. And yep. then obviously you get the, hey, by the way, uh, you, you you keep talking about only certain emitters are going to work with this new build of yours. I know the perfect one. There's only one other, and it was for Caleb Doom. So that, yep. that shit, that's why I love Star Wars. I don't give a fuck about a lot of the other shit, the wonky looking volume at times or... Uh, you know, the stupidity of, of bad guys. This is it right here. I am a simple mother fucker. You give me those little connections from animated to live action, vice versa, different eras. I'm in. So I, I really loved everything about the Ezra scene. E- even even Sabine kind of creeping in there and, and almost feeling bad. Like, man, I wish I could be like Ezra and, and get this shit and who Yang actually appreciate me and not tell me I'm a loser. It was just a very well done scene. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, Iman is Fondi. This dude is a fucking guy, right? I mean, he is Ezra and I just hope he doesn't get himself in trouble on social media trying to start his rap career because I want him to stay in Star Wars, but it seems like he's really trying to to turn this new found fame back onto his his music stuff. So let's just hope he doesn't upset the waters at Lucasfilm. <laughs> um, up next, loved the the charge of the Howlers. I'm sorry, man. Get they get on their doggies and they're like, woohoo! You know, it's like 
force this, force that. Ahsoka's kind of leading them. It is. It's like the first time we're seeing multiple Jedi in action together since the Clone Wars. I mean, come on, that's shit to be celebrated, people. And these are new types of Jedi. We got we got two Boken Jedi and a traditionalist. I don't know. I just I like these moments. It's the moments. It's not necessarily what's happening or the visuals of it. I just dig this shit. Ahsoka leading two essentially pupils. Let's go. Go, Ezra, go. Sabine, help him. Boom, boom, boom. And then it just leads right into some great action in the castle with the stormtroopers that eventually became de- real death troopers, not death death troopers. Hopefully everyone knows what I'm talking about. I, I just, I mean, that whole segment, really up until she runs into Morgan, is just bing, bang, boom. Good Star Wars action. You can't beat multiple Force users with lightsabers kicking ass and taking names. You just can't. This is what you want, people, right? This is... This is prequely type of Star Wars. More than one Jedi, more than one lightsaber, more than one pew pew. Yeah, I guess that's why I didn't like it. (laughs) I guess guess it was. I mean, like, you know, you're right that like Star Wars has always been the same for 40 years. And I think that like that's where the weakness can come in is if you just keep doing the same shit for 40 years and it just becomes like so predictable and it becomes so formulaic. It's like, just do something a little different, man. Like make it hard. Make uh, it yeah. hard. Like hey, I listen, said, I'm, make it fucking hard. They, they didn't even break a sweat. No, like, but that's they literally thing. He- walk through everybody and then they resurrect them all and they walk through them again. And it was well, they, like, they ran, they ran uh, away. They're like, ah, Ah, they're shutting doors and shit. So. And it was just like, I guess like yeah, that's I, where I, you and I differ is like, I want to see struggle. Like I want to see them have a hard motherfucking time. Okay. I, I'm not, yeah, look, look, I'm not just, <laughs> Hey, the good guy should always have a, everything should be a walkover. Absolutely not. But if you think about the circumstances, he had nothing to throw at them. Honestly, like, like what was he going to do? But realistically, he had no real the, forces, the, no the, no real warrior that could combat three force users. He knew he was fucked. That's why he just kept is, throwing garbage at him and got the fuck out of dodge. But that's the thing is like the move is not let's send one. It's like the conundrum of every horror movie where it's like one guy went off into the forest and disappeared. Let's send one more guy to go see him. Oh, he disappeared. Let's send another single guy after him to go see if he can find those three. It's the fallacy of like, oh, oh, well, instead of just sending everybody at once, overwhelming them with your power, your might, your numbers, you send one at a time. Just let everybody die at one fucking time. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, that's why I'm so pissed off at this Thrawn version is because the guy that I grew up with was smarter than that. And, the, and like, he's not in this show. And it's like, I'm mourning the death of a good character for, <laughs> for somebody. I mean, was, Nick, Nick was, if you're new here, he was high on Ahsoka until episode six. And then it, it all went downhill. Now it's become just another Star Wars show for him, which is quite fine. I think Red Dog makes a great point here. Not that it's going to make Nick any happier, but he's, he's spot on. The reason we can't get this shit, we can't get the struggle is because of how short the seasons are and how short the episodes are. It's we just don't have, bad writing. Well, well, it's just dude, bad it's, writing. It's, it's, it's what they're given. Are the writers <laughs> the one that say, we're going to make 22 episodes, Bob, you got to pay for it? No. Bob Iger says, this is your fucking budget. 
good you luck. Got eight, you got eight episodes, right? So make them fucking good. Well, in thirty minutes, are you really going to be able to to add legitimate struggle? You can't. You just you can't do it. You need you need a full season. You need twenty two episodes, fifty minutes apiece, if you really want to get into it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but listen, when has Jedi's ever been stopped by anything but another Force user? I mean the never like, the entirety of the end of the prequel trilogy when they got overwhelmed by numbers of people who could barely fucking hit based the on a Mandalorian of a based on a Mandalorian not fucking schmoes and busted stormtrooper armor who are conscripts okay they, there is a different but quality it's still of warrior like, it's it's like I, I I like I'm glad that that like it was fun for for people I'm watching it I'm like yeah they just walk through it like it is what it is and like that's what we got but like i just it it like loses impact like every time like you you have a, a show where there's either no villain or there is like the villain is like easily walked over and made it look like a fucking joke it's just like it loses impact every time over and over again and all i want is there to be something like esb something like you know but like even in Rocks, esb did, like, did the good guys really lose ultimately he, yeah, it, it made Luke Han, Han stronger. Solo, it Han made Solo Luke stronger is, in the Force, and and it bonded the Rebels even more than they were. I would it, have loved it if they would have lost, lost. But like you said before, Star Wars in Star Wars, good guys don't lose. That that's so my like, point. That's it. Just but, but, even in Empire, we all say like, oh, it, you know, it was yeah, maybe, but they didn't lose their their number one golden ticket. He just lost his hand. In the end, it's, that that was it. That's the only thing that happened there. Luke made a bad choice, lost his arm. Han got captured. Big deal. Han getting captured probably didn't have that that big of effect on the overall rebellion, and they got him anyways. A, at least it's a it's a wrench. At least it's a it's a wrench. I don't know. I mean, like maybe I just need to stop hoping that like the Star Wars angle of it will be like, hey, like the 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 like the heroes are going to legitimately have a really hard fucking time. And like, I, I guess that's like, that's just not in the cards for this like time period. Like maybe they'll, they'll like explore some stuff there. But yeah, I mean, it, it just gets like, it's like every time, like you, you can see it. And that's what I was saying. Every episode, every episode, I was like, you see, you see it falling and you're like, they're going to walk through this. Look at the mistake here. <laughs> They're going to walk through this. Look how easily they win. just did this. He did win. He did win. It's and just, he kept he kept two, a very powerful force user and her apprentice off the table. So I'm still thinking Thrawn ultimately got what he wanted. Who knows if the great mothers are going to fuck him up? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, hey, like I said last week, I'm not here to, to change Nick's mind. That That's what he thinks. And that's great. I've just, I've, I've never really watch the star wars where i guess i felt like the, the heroes ultimately struggled in the end they they, they always walk over everything because that's what heroes do um and, and outside of empire they might have hit a speed bump but as we've been saying now it doesn't matter because they end up winning anyways so <laughs> uh uh okay keep going on uh all right the, the action was too easy for nick but hey, I, I liked it. It looked neat, if anything else. That, that, I guess that's where I'm at. I, I like the looks. It, it, it doesn't bother me. Uh, the other one, like I already talked about this, love seeing the Ahsoka versus Morgan. 
Diane is just, she's a Mac daddy. And, you know, it makes sense when she's talking about how much they train for this. She just, watch this fight again, people. I'm telling you, it looks different. Because I do not, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if she needs a stunt double or not. I'm, I'm guessing no. And, and it definitely shows. And uh, as League said in our Discord, Rosario's back muscles also look very choice in these little fights here. Um, you know, Nick, I, I, I know you're a Thrawn book guy. I'm just going to bring it up now. Now I'll save it for the Easter eggs. Uh, I also liked Sabine and Ezra versus the Death Death Troopers. All right? I think it was cool that they, they went there and showed the, the zombie skull. Uh, we already talked about we got our Sabine force pull saber moment with the, you know, Ben Solo ignite to the brain shot. That was all neat looking. They struggled a little bit, but ultimately won. Uh, so I dug all that. And I'm not going to say this because I don't want to get Nick upset, but I also liked Thrawn's little shit talking as they were chasing him. Like, hey, you know what? It was neat. I know who you are. I knew what you were going to do. Uh, you may become just like Anakin and become Darth Vader too, but today I win. Maybe we'll see each other again. See ya. Le leaves him in the dust. And uh, as we're getting home, I I'll tell you what. I don't know what if Nick wasn't already like throwing shit at his TV by this point in time, but the fact, Nick, that they wipe before the, the Ezra and Hera embrace, like what the fuck is that? Like, Really? Like, as he's walking towards Hera, they wipe to the next scene. <laughs> like, what? She's essentially his surrogate mother. You saw the look in Mary Elizabeth Winstead's eyes. She was about ready to cry. Ezra's got this big beaming smile. Chopper's all happy. He's walking for the inevitable hug. And uh, yeah, we'll do a Star Wars wipe back to <laughs> Prydia to end the episode. But I, you know, I still liked Ezra coming home. And you know what's funny, dude? In the end, we, we were all wrong. I remember this shot from the trailer. Ezra was in the fucking trailers. Yeah, we like just when didn't. The, when that shuttle lands, <laughs> at first we're like, oh, that's Ahsoka. Oh, no, that's Balin and Shin. It was motherfucking Ezra. So that, that was a, a nice little reveal. Yeah. And you got to love that he, he kept his Stormtrooper gear on because that's exactly what Ezra would do. I mean, he, that's what he did in the Rebel. I mean, how, how many fucking helmets did he have? You could argue like, dude, bro, you, you already stole the ship. You could have changed before you landed <laughs> on a New Republic cruiser so they weren't ready to fucking shoot your ass, but it is par for the course for the character. Um, and then just for all you people out there that for some reason watch different Star Wars than the rest of us, there he is for you in frame, Force Ghost Anakin, okay? Everyone happy now that he's here? You see him with his little blue aura. Can, can we believe it now? Okay, thank you. And yes, he's wearing the correct tunic. Okay? And I don't know why they still haven't fixed Return of the Jedi. It's fucking crazy. I, I even think George himself is like, oh yeah, he probably should be in what he was in. And well, then why the fuck is he in Sebastian Shaw's fucking I don't know uh, if they're if tuning. if they can touch those, right? Like, wasn't that a part of the contract? Oh, is yeah, that I they think, can't touch yeah, the, the OT? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So fuck it. We get white tunic Anakin just, for the rest of our just, lives. That's just how it is. We're stuck but here, with it. But, but here he is. And I, I just, I kind of dug the moment how Sabine was kind of the one that initially sensed they were being creeped on. 
you know, at first I was like, uh oh, is this, are we going to get into some of the Morta stuff? Is she starting to hear the shit? Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I, I have a feeling this might, might be the dude and, and sure shit. Ahsoka, you know, she gives a glance, turns away, and then, then we get the reveal. So, um, kind of exactly how we expected when we heard he might show up in the finale. But there he is. And, and no, just because he's on pretty, it doesn't mean he's the father. He's a fucking force ghost. Okay. They show up wherever the fuck they want, including the WBW. Get over it. All right. Eggs and references. And, and there are actually quite a few in this episode. Uh, now that I've completely fucked my, my place, let's see if I can find it. First one here. And like Nick said, he, he probably should have learned better because Thrawn literally says, as he's explaining to Morgan, like, yeah, I'm going to send some TIE fighters, three Jedi, you never know. He's like, I actually, you know, sometimes we can under, underestimate them. I, uh, I myself was beaten by a single Jedi. And there we go. He's, he's mentioning the defeat of Ezra. Um, and then Nick already brought it up. Cool little lore moment. Get it in live action, in physical form. But the Blade of Talzin. Which, um, do you think Ahsoka keeps it, Nick? I, I, I don't remember her seeing it. I was wondering if, like... Because she lost her, her short saber, right? It got I cut was, in half. Yeah, but I was wondering, like, does it lose its power now that it's not in the hands of, of like, a night sister? Like, is it one of those things where, like, it has to be in the hands of, of like, somebody with access to the magic to be able to, in, like, to use it properly? I don't know. I right. mean, it would be yeah. cool if she kept it. Uh, it, it. It seems like, I mean, it can, it's got vibro blade properties, obviously. Yeah, I mean, so it can, like it can the, block sabers, but I, I just wonder if she, cause she is a dual wielder and, and I, 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 well, shit, she's got the ship there. So what the fuck do I care? She'll just build a new one. Yeah. I was going to say they I'm have stupid. like the whole, the whole thing with the, yeah, uh, he, he literally, I mean that, that ship, if you all haven't figured out is essentially a, a Jedi training temple on yeah. wheels. Okay. A, a I mean, Jedi temple. that's exactly what it is. So never mind there. Hopefully she keeps it mounted on the wall like a deer head. <laughs> um, other eggs and references we got here in this episode. Um, we, we talked about Ezra and the cane in emitter. There's just a nice little nod to that. I like that he went back to blue you know, kind of honoring his, his master. And really Nick, that's, that's OT era blue. You know what I mean? Like that's the, that's like that light blue we used to get with, with the Skywalker yeah. blade used to look like. So. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, like who Yang's probably, I mean, I got to imagine that he cleaned out the temple before he left or like he, he, he like grabbed as much shit as he could or something. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen like a drawer of kyber crystals just as like a little nod, but eh, it's not that. Yeah, big it's of like because the, they had so many pieces. They like yeah, they had dude, everything. They, they got the the end cap, the hilts, the emitters. I mean, it was everywhere. Oh yeah, he they they were stacked up. So it was really cool to see that they had so much, uh, like you know, materials and so many parts to build lightsabers. It was pretty awesome. And the one look, you know, I'd been teasing we were going to see Ezra in three different looks. And the one I was teasing outside of the Stormtrooper was with his blade, but the but the shots I was privy to see, he actually had a hood up too, and it looked fucking dope. Like, he, he was kind of in this red thing, but had his hood Jedi style with, with the blue blade. But, uh, oh well. Can't win them all! All right, moving on with our eggs and references. And we just got a fucking... 
Um, well, hold on. Nick, when uh, Ahsoka, you know, it's kind of a continuation of Hugh Yang talking to Ezra about what happened between Ahsoka and Sabine, which, again, a great Lord, Lord Nugget. Did anyone else pick up on this? That the, the Purge of Mandalore, the Night of Tears, is, essentially happened close to the end of the Rebellion, if not potentially during Operation Cinder. Like, it, it was not something that happened early on, like at least I was thinking. And the reason Ahsoka spoke split from Sabine is because she was worried that if I train this lady and she taps into it, she could fucking go nuts based on the the travesty that just happened to her home world. So that was a good dump too. But anyways, it it led into Sabine and Ahsoka talking out on the, on the T6. And that's where Ahsoka's talking about her master and is like, Hey, he, he was always there for me, always by my side, never abandoned me. And she was specifically talking about the trial, right? Yeah, she, yeah. She was I mean, talking he, about all that shit that went down with Barris and her ultimate exit from the Order. Oh yeah, I mean, because go back and watch that arc. Like Anakin was on her side from moment one till the end. Like he was always like he went to talk to her in her cell. He was he was telling the council or the judges right. like this is all bullshit and this. There's I think no at one way. point he like said something curious, but for the most part he he was backing her, and and that's I believe that was. The yeah. specific moment she was relating to Sabine, which paid off because Sabine's like, do I try to go with my brother boyfriend or do I back up my master? And I think that, you know, these things, these scenes like this are done on purpose, friends. It's to kind of be paid off later with with character growth. So I, I, I like that. That is definitely a reference Lots of references here. I mean, we we truly did get the Death Troopers from that book. All right. I mean, they they were zombies resurrected from the dead, doing the rah, 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 rah. and then we also, as I said earlier, got the Death Death Troopers, and we did have this exclusive. <laughs> it didn't get picked up. That's okay. We fucking win. What I want to ask you, Nick, and if you remember it, were the Death Death Troopers? Death Troopers from Rogue One. Pick and Waffle. Oh, God. I don't, <laughs> I don't even remember those two characters. All right. Anyways, Pick and Waffle apparently were in Thrawn's personal Death Trooper guard. Okay. I'm good. And be. apparently they're, they're like kind of fan favorite characters from the books, I guess. Like I, that, that's what I was picking up on. So I, I didn't know if you remembered them or if anyone in the chat remembers a pick and a waffle, but apparently they were death troopers loyal to Thrawn in his personal guard. So I'm just drawing the lines here and saying, yes, could be. Pick, yeah, it could be. Pick and yeah, waffle like, went the zombie route and protected their man until the end. Was that in the new trilogy or is it, that, I, in it the might old be, trilogy? I think it's way back. I think okay, like so heir, if it heir was to in the, the empire. Like, yeah. I think like, because I read the new ones more recently, like small characters like that don't stick out to me from the old, old ones. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't remember. All right. Well, that's why we can just say, yes, that was, yeah. that was pick and waffle. <laughs> there they are. And they got their asses kicked, but they, they put up a pretty good fight. You got to admit the uh, zombie death troopers, definitely a little more skilled than our uh, dudes in white. Uh, it was a bummer that, you know, Enoch still has just been kind of kept as a, a true captain. I mean, he, he's more or less, I wouldn't even call him a captain. He seems like a fucking secretary, really. Yeah, you know, he's, he's just kind of like Thrawn's fucking fetch boy. 
yeah, he's kind of just hanging out at his side, which is interesting. I mean, th- there were a lot of thoughts like, is he going to be, I mean, I guess he wouldn't be because Thrawn sent away his like true right hand man at, at the end of uh, one of the, the new canon books. So Eli Vanto is not even like in the galaxy at the time. Right. And, and Rock, and that, Rock gets killed in Rebels, right? Yeah, so he's he's wiped off the board too. But that's who Enoch is essentially supposed to be, right? At this point in time, like kind of so. Thrawn's dude henchman. Yeah, yeah, like his his uh, his right hand guy, his right hand zombie man. Hey, good um, for Wes. He 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 could make it into season two. So got yeah, more credits say, like coming. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he gets his he gets to take his helmet off in season you, you two. You feel like don't you feel like like Enoch has to do something? You don't you don't give him that fucking helmet, and he is just a bitch boy, right? Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just like good set dressing, but I assume that he'll have a <laughs> like a bigger role in season yeah, two because all right. this yeah. dude literally comes up. Like just, I mean, like in season one, just like comes up, says a few words, walks away. All right. Um, yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he maybe, gets shit done. Like he enacts Thrawn's designs, essentially. Yeah, because because like, am I wrong? Like, there's no other of these like zombie boys left. Like they're all toast except him, right? Like there's no, none of them left on the ship. No, well, no, because he said they're volunteers. Like right. they were, they were volunteers. Yeah, so, so I guess th- that's what I mean. Left. That's why I'm saying like these stormtroopers in my mind were still human. And they made the choice. We're going to stay behind and we will be resurrected. Because uh, <laughs> you, you remember when they got resurrected, that's when they started like, like they, they had they, they had no abilities to like really shoot guns or get in formation anymore. They were just rabid animals at that point. True zombies. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, it's I, so I guess that there's still some of them left and they're like, you'll have like ha- half of his guys left and then. Um, that's it. Like, yeah. So he, like, he, he has a contingent on the chimera yeah. and then and we got to figure out, does he also get the, the casket stuff where, where, where they meant to come back to be zombie warriors or are they truly to start reseeding Dathomir to fully pay off his debt? I don't know. Yeah. So. I guess we'll see like whatever, like whatever happens in season two, like what his ultimate plan is, because now that he's back in the galaxy, it, it seems like he has limited resources if if these, uh, you know, whatever's in the caskets aren't at his disposal, right? You know, because he's got half of whatever these death troopers were left because the rest of them are, you know, dead on, on Peridia. He doesn't have the full support of the Shadow Council because most of the people are like, even if he comes back, like, who the fuck cares? Like, we, yeah, they we just have our they own didn't deal. believe it. They just didn't yeah. believe it. So you, you so gotta like, wonder if when he, when they when they see it, does Captain Pallion whip out his dick and be like, who's sucking it first, or is there a little bit of contention? You know, like, uh oh, a Grand Admiral's here. Do we automatically have to kneel, or since we've been holding this shit down? Are we going to kind of make it a little tough for him to assume full control? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess it's like it ultimately is going to come down to like we know Thrawn has limited resources. If if these casket guys aren't like his to deploy onto yeah, a battlefield. He's got to link up immediately. Yeah. He's he's really got to like get together with the Shadow Council and and like if the Shadow Council has large scale forces somewhere or if they have been, you know, like training 
uh, you know, regiments of troopers and stuff like that, then then that'll be at his disposal. Well, but, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, Nick, we can only go off of what we knew Gideon had at his disposal, and he had a lot of shit. I mean, he essentially was in charge of Mandalore, as we learned at the end of season three. I mean, he had a full facility there, cloning apparatuses, uh, super commandos. I mean, he, he seemed to have a lot of resources, so... I would imagine each warlord on the council has something similar, yeah, if not even larger, like Paleon and Hux. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's got to be something I, I, like do, I do have a feeling that, like Morgan was kind of in touch, that they might have been spitting stuff to, to Paleon, too. Yeah, so, that's what we, I was wondering. Like We had kind of talked about that on previous episodes. It's like... It couldn't have just been Morgan that was getting all of the information. Well, it, I, it, it had to be somebody else, or, or maybe it was, and then Morgan was passing the info. Right, to exactly, exactly. That that works too. But I, I forget exactly what he says in that Shadow Council scene. But he's like, "Listen, we're it's getting close. Like it, it, it wasn't it wasn't it like it's yeah. it's happening. Like we're we're starting to hear some good shit. It's gonna happen. So yeah." I yeah. think it probably was maybe Morgan feeding them up until she got arrested. Uh, but either way, I, I think once the Shadow Council knows Thrawn is back, for the most part, just to keep themselves fat and happy, they probably are going to loop him into the fold. Yeah. I think Gideon probably would have been the only one that would have thrown up a stink. But at this point, now that he's, I still think, faked his death, maybe he will continue to lurk in the shadows and, and not even get involved. But I, I do think we see early on, Maybe even in Mando season four, if that comes out before Ahsoka season two, you would think it would, that Thrawn is is in control. And that it, it, really, the New Republic scenes were already teasing that. They're like, hey, if they're, they're scattered assholes, but if a Grand Admiral ever comes back, they're back. And I think that's pretty much how they're going to handle it. This is like, okay, Grand Admiral's here. He's got a Grand and an Admiral. He's the boss. Empire's back. Let's have a fight. Yeah. And, and like, this is essentially like, their way of wiping out the rest of the Imperial remnant in one swat, like one swoop. Yeah, instead yeah, of like having it, to take out the individual cells and root it right. out and stuff. Like if, if you don't want to get on board. Yeah. If yeah. you're not on board with the blue guy as, as the new chief, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He, he could just, with his big ass hyperspace ring, he could just start, uh, uh, holdoing everybody. Right. And just, just fucking zip through fleets with his, with his ship. Yeah, yeah, I wonder yeah, how yeah, that the, would work. <laughs> like, if he <laughs> did, they reinforce the hull of the Chimera enough to like make it a like a battering yeah, ram. A, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those old Viking ships. You just fucking ram into it. So, all right, where were we at here? Thrawn vintage. Oh, we were talking about pick and waffle. All right, I don't give a fuck. Old guys, old girls. Who else loved the practical firework stormtrooper door breach? I mean, come on, that is right out of a new hope, right out of a new hope. Old school. Loved it. Loved it. It's like these motherfuckers, they don't care about welding torches, nothing. It's like using fucking fireworks to blow these bitches down. I love that. I was like, oh my God, that's such vintage star Wars. I know it's silly, but come on, you've got to buy into that. Uh, and, and here, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like when he learned that Ahsoka was Anakin's apprentice, like, all right, he, he remembered the name. But Nick, we really got, I think, some of the book moments here when, when Thrawn made it so clear, like, yes, I know exactly who Anakin was and who he became. 
And Ahsoka, you better watch the fuck out because maybe you'll you'll go down that path too. You're probably, you know, be a perfect little Ronin leader here on this planet to rule. So I, I, I think that directly pays off from the new novels, right? Where he knew, he worked with General Skywalker. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah. And then he ultimately knew once the Empire was raging that he was Darth Vader. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, I think... It, like I had brought that up last last time is like he was one of the first people to to know without being told that Anakin right. was Darth Vader. Yeah. And did, did you pick up on that when he was saying that Ahsoka? Like, hey, I, I know who he was and who he became. And yeah, you better essentially you better watch the fuck out. He was like trying to threaten her. And it's like, dude, she's the white now, bro. And there, there's really nothing you can do with your mental assassin powers that's going to affect her at this point in time. Like she she's more or less unstoppable until she commits that she's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that, that I mean, yeah. is that where Ahsoka's at at this point? People is, is she, she can pretty much like Luke choose her own exit. I like, do I don't think know. she falls in battle. I don't know. I mean, obviously I think that there's a value in, in sacrifice. And I think right. there's a value in, in losing characters, not of their own volition. Yeah. Because it, it is a, it's an energizing factor to those around them. And it is a motivating factor for, for people on the battlefield and in the fights to come. I don't know how he treats Ahsoka because I, I like, I would hope that Filoni would want her to have some sort of heroic moment stand that empowers those around her. But then again, like, you know, like, does he see, does he find it more interesting that she can just, that, that she like chooses her own, you know, like choose your own way out? Well, well I, hear I me, hear he me out here. That. Hear me out. All of the mega force users, think about it. How do they go and sacrifice? Kenobi, yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Sacrifice. Anakin, sacrifice. Luke, sacrifice. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel like she, she has achieved that level where, she chooses in, in a hero moment. But I think like Luke, like Anakin, like Obi-Wan, she is going to choose when she passes into her spirit yeah. form. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, like just from what we've seen, like happen in this finale, like there's really nobody in this galaxy who can stand up to even a single Jedi. Like, let's be real. Like, if, if if all of the forces are going to be as incompetent as they've always been, then, like, even just Ezra's enough to shut them down. Like, and that that's why, like, the big question mark is, like, what's in these caskets? Like, are these, like, forces that are at Thrawn's behest, if it even turns out that Thrawn is the threat? Like, I mean, it, he's going to be, but, like, there is a world where... He he's not, and like the Night Sisters are the ones who are the real threat to the galaxy, um, or whatever the fuck is on that hillside in Peridia. Yeah, I mean, like it, it could be that too. Like, there's multiple options that that are at your disposal, and it, it really depends on how you choose to write this story. Um, but if it really is just a bunch of like, if if it's like a bunch of Imperial rem- remnant stormtroopers versus the combined forces of the new Republic, even in its like demilitarization time and one Jedi, I feel like the, the bumblefuck new, like Imperial remnant 
isn't getting anything done without help from the well, Night Sisters. It's like you said. I mean, they can't because of the the sequels. Ultimately, I mean, they they can have some victories here and there, but they they can't have the big one. And we also got to remember there there is another pretty powerful force user on the table, and his name's Luke. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I know is, Luke <laughs> was mixed up in some of the heir to the Empire stories, and it does seem like Dave has borrowed some of that shit. I'm not saying we're going to get Luke, that guy, right? You know him, like L-U-U-K-E Luke. <laughs> that, yeah. That's where, whenever I read that, I was like, yeah, fuck the books. Are you fucking kidding me? Luke. Like, that's creative people? <laughs> Naming the, the clone Luke, Luke. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> just just call him Dark Luke or something. Why? Luke. <laughs> I fucking hate that name. Like, how stupid is that? L-U-U-K-E to be the clone Luke, really? Anyways, moving on. Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's almost inevitable that, like, Skywalker is going to get involved. He and, has to, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you, you, don't, you don't bring him back to fuck around in, in the Mandalorian to, to have him sit on his thumb again when yeah. you have literally the biggest bad to return since Vader and Palpatine. So, yeah. Uh, Red Dog's asking, does Luke, does Thrawn even know about Luke and Leia? I mean, honestly, he like this version of him probably does not. He would know about Leia because she was in the Senate, was when, when he was still in the Empire. But he probably did not lo- know about Luke because he was exiled before Luke hit the yeah, world was, stage. Was like on the on the yeah. map. So like he like and and like he would have no reason to be threatened by Leia. But I mean, obviously. He's learned about the fall of the empire, this, that, and the other thing. So you would think that's what that, I, that's like, it's unknown though. Like did, did that information get passed to him? You would imagine that it did. And like well, his primary, you, you would hope at least when Morgan shows up face to face, they, they had a conversation. Oh, Hey dude, by the way, you keep saying for the empire, it's fucking gone. It's like, yeah, the empire's been dead long time now, but <laughs> like, 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 like you're listen, worried about these. Even Jedi. the remnant. I mean, what would the remnant do every time they're caught out for the empire? And they eat a fucking, you know, toxic pill. So I guess yeah. that's just, that's just what they do. So yeah, it's like, fuck it. like you would imagine that Morgan would have said like, yeah, you're worried about these little fucking Jedi here. Like yeah, um, the, the, the big ones over there, but yeah. like the big hey, one, you're, you're so worried one. about Anakin's <laughs> apprentice. Guess what? His actual seed yeah. is in the galaxy and pretty much beat the empire. Him yeah, and his, his sister. Son, yeah. <laughs> who, who took out his father, who took out Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And then also was instrumental in the death of the emperor. He's back there now. Right. <laughs> so, Get yeah, ready, you, bud. You, you may want to send a few more TIE fighters his way. Yeah, than just it's like, two. I don't know if two's <laughs> going to cut it. Like, uh, I love it. Okay. Um, more, more um, just references and eggs here. And we don't have to go into because Nick and I, we already spent 35 minutes on it. But hey, Mortis Gods are here. Uh, we don't need to really spin the wheels anymore on that. Uh, more I, we, we talked about. Remember, that is the Al form of the daughter who has constantly been around Ahsoka in times of need. It even showed up at the end of Clone Wars season seven when Vader is out there reflecting on his, his destruction and he finds his former pupils, old lightsabers and he looks up and sure as shit, 
there's the owl kind of marking her presence. So a nice little nod there. We get Dathomir live action. All right. The good old red planet. That's a nice little egg reference. And, and just for more proof, it's fucking Force Ghost Anakin. Okay. He's here. <laughs> He's here to stay. He's looking good. They don't have to de-age the motherfucker. Hayden just kind of gets a strap on the wig, put on the old robes and look like a pimp. Yep. 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 All right. Holy shit. That's good stuff. Okay, let me cover some ha's. I think we hit most of them, though, my friend. Uh, it was a good little deep dive for sure. You got to love Look at this shot of the Chimera if you're on the live stream. By the way, live streams, we're going to be returning to Tuesdays. So Tuesday, 5 p. East, start next week again. And if Disney gets back to this, this cadence of Tuesday night drops, we will move our show to Wednesdays when uh, new Star Wars is in season. But real quick before... I get into some ones. Getting that nice shot of the Chimera in space, seeing the gold. I dig it. I dig yeah. it. Has lab the motherfucker. Let's go. Make the, this one would be like $2,000 and be the yeah, size of say, my this, basement. This would be an expensive one. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, I, you would have to think this thing would probably be shit. I would say close to 15 feet long, maybe 15 to 20 feet long and probably, you know, 10 feet wide. So yeah, it would take up an entire room. Yeah. It's like the, the ship itself in universe is not as big as a superstar destroyer, but it is sizable. Yeah. But right? I mean, star destroyer still makes something like yeah. the razor crest or the ghost look tiny. Oh, so <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really like this shot. It was, a, it was good looking, good looking work from ILM there. All right, uh, the Morgan ceremony talked about that. More on Sabine and Ahsoka split. We did that. Thrawn woke up the wish it witches. Sabine, yeah. All right, I think we nailed this, dude. Yeah, I think we we covered everything. We covered it all. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> like you. I don't know where you would be able to put a, a toy that big. Like you would have to have a whole room dedicated to. Yeah, it. that yeah, that's what Red Dog's saying. One hundred percent. You probably would need a hanger for that <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. But you'd have to put it in your garage. That would put be your a car a, in the park. In the that would be a good lot. looking, a good looking thing to hang from a room, a house. I don't know. It yeah, looks like sweet. Ha- hang it from a ceiling somewhere. All right. Um, to close this out here, I, I I will say this about like what I'm really looking forward to in Star Wars, not not necessarily like season two stuff, but like where I think that like Star Wars can really thrive is especially like Star Wars under its current ownership, like under Disney with like a lot of different writers that are at the helm and and, and stuff like that. I think Star Wars is really going to thrive for everybody when we get outside of areas that are cut, like that are bound by other content. Like I think that there's you can so, have some So only the James Mangold at this point. So like like now, or Taika, Mangold, I guess, or Taika. Like James Mangold stuff, the Taika stuff. Like if you really go back into Ryan the Johnson. Old, old Republic, Ryan Johnson stuff, I think that there's so much value in yeah. not having like previous content constraints around you because it lets you tell a story that you can completely ignore all of the other factors in the galaxy that have happened or that will happen. And I think you could even say this about like if you write content or if you do shows 
in the post sequel trilogy. Like, yeah, you, I mean, like you could be like, like, well, you're you right. Cause you don't, you'd be beholden to the past, but not the future, not, not the future. Like, and you could choose to, like, if you wanted to in the post RO or the post Tross timeline, you don't have to have Ray as the main character of your story. You don't have to have, you know, the, the, the heroes of the sequel trilogy be your main characters. Like you could choose to say like, Hey, we're going to move 30 years after the sequel trilogy and we're going to start anew. and we're really, we're going to create all new characters. We're going to create all new storylines. We're going to create all new planets. You could, you could have a, a, a sandbox onto yourself. And I really think that like, that is what is going to open up a lot of creativity, a lot of opportunity for storytelling and, and, and stuff like that, especially for like, like as much as I was like down on the portrayal of Thrawn in this show, I think that like the storylines that were told with the heroes were really well done and they put them in positions to where there's good narrative growth for all of our heroes and there will be good narrative growth for our heroes moving forward. Um, but I think that when you truly don't have the constraints of, of, of anything around you is where storytellers can really make their mark. And I think that's kind of what Ryan was trying to do with his trilogy was like, he was like, I don't like, I love star Wars, but I don't, I don't love being like beholden to everything that, that everybody dude, else he, has written. He tried in his movie set in the shit and he got yeah. his teeth kicked in. So yeah. It's like, so like, uh, like I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to that. I don't know if there are plans for content like that. Like obviously the plans for mangled stuff and, and, and potentially Tyka stuff would, would fall into that category. But I think that there is so much opportunity with a galaxy that is so rich in, in not story, but in size and in, in opportunity and like the building blocks of what the star Wars universe gives you would allow for such amazing stories to be told outside of the confines of, of like where we have been and where we are currently. So like, I'm really interested to see if Mangold's project goes forward. I'm really interested to see if Taika actually gets something done and I'm, I'm really interested to see if like where and when they choose to develop post sequels, because I think that it gives you opportunity to do something that's really never been done before in Star Wars. And that is establish new storylines that aren't tied to the villains of old and, and, you know, the heroes of old and the heroes of current times, because that's where it's really going to thrive when somebody can really come in and say like, I'm building new heroes and new villains and new storylines and using new planets, but I'm using the essence of star Wars and what it is as its core. I think that's going to be a really special time for the franchise as a whole. Hey, it would be great if we can get there. I mean, I I think we, we have opportunities in some of the existing stuff, even though it is slightly, I mean, think about what the Mandalorian started as. It kind of was its own little yeah, thing. That's what made it so right. interesting. But by the end of season two, and it's the one thing I was like, oh, we don't need the big, we don't need the big names. We don't need the big boys, big girls, and sure shit. It was a great moment. I love it. I cried. 
But as Nick has said, once they did that, then the Mandalorian just becomes a part of all the existing stuff we know. And it kind of lost that luster of being its own little thing in its own little world, albeit set within the known known. Yeah, Uh, I would make the argument that if we do get Ahsoka season two, the fact that we are now stuck in this other galaxy on this other planet, you 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 do have the opportunity to kind of get a little loosey goosey with a narrative on Peridia, right? That is like I that's something that I really hope. Like if if they have to do like we can do a season two and then and then we have to do a movie, I would almost say like make the Thrawn stuff in the regular galaxy like B plot, like make the main plot fucking the Peridia stuff, the the gods of Mortis stuff, the stuff with Balin, because because that is so different than everything else. It's it is. It's fresh. It's different. It's a it's a new take on on the current story and it, it it's approaching entities and it's approaching potential villains that have no bearance on Correct. our current galaxy where with the yeah. Thrawn stuff it's like you could knock the Thrawn shit out in one movie because it's ultimately going to be a build up of forces a fight and then a build down like that's what it's going to be like there is going to be no significant amount of time when there was like when Thrawn's in power, like it's not going to happen because there's not enough time for him to be able to defeat the new, new Republic forces, rise to power, fall down from power from a rebellion and then have another new Republic rise up again. Like there's no, like, like Red Dog was saying before, there's no time. So like, like the Thrawn stuff is going to be bing, bang, boom, quick fight. You're done. Bye move on like yeah, it, it's like we said he he's going to give the new republic a black eye maybe a broken leg but he's not going to destroy it he i i do i i really have a feeling unless it's already been written that the the, the thron stuff by the time it's all said and done obviously he's not going to fully win but i think he's the one that fractures the new republic kicks it into the into the hosnian system this will be the moment Leia departs and, and starts the resistance. Like, yeah. uh, he's probably going to be the crux for that. Yeah. But Nick's correct. He is not going to bring it completely to its knees and overtake the galaxy. No, yeah. It's like like B-Mad just says, he's like, Thrawn is not going to be Thanos. He's not. Like Thrawn, Thrawn doesn't have the room to be Thanos just within the galaxy where we're sitting now. Yeah. Um, Red no, Dog B-Mad's said, making a good point. Like <laughs> yeah. that, I, He said, I told my buddy that... It won't be Thrawn is Thanos. Thrawn is Ultron. Mortis stuff is going to... Yeah. And, and as, as Nick was saying, I, I too am hoping in season two, please give it to us. It's an 80-20 split. 80 yeah, Peridia, like that, 20 known galaxy. And that, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. I think it would be... It, it, would, it would be best if it was like that. And then... And, Red, and, <laughs> and what, what, what Bat's saying here, this I, I do think this is the formula. So... If Bob and, and all the strikes haven't completely fucked up the plan, I do think this is how we, we play things out at this point. Skeleton crew is definitely next. I don't think they're the ones that rescue them, but there, there may be rumblings of, of Thrawn and all this shit. I, I, the yeah. Skeleton crew definitely touches on the events of Ahsoka. 100. Yeah, 100%. I want then to address I, I, Red Dog something rogue. He says, Nick, time to write your own story. I wrote my own Star Wars story... 10 years ago, more than that, 13 years ago. And guess what? It was set before Darth Bane. Exactly what I had said just now earlier. It was set 
like 150 years before Darth Bane and Darth Bane is over a thousand years before episode one. So I did that already. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what we're staring at. And now that they've laid this out, I, I wish we would get more. But I, I really think everyone's itchy in Hollywood right now about everything. And they don't want to commit to a damn fucking project. But we go yes. skeleton crew. We get Mando season four. We get Ahsoka season two. And then this shit all wrapped up in Dave's movie. So yeah. as we said, there, there's barely going to be time to to really delve into anything wild. Which, which sucks. I mean, I, I would, like, hell, keep Ahsoka and Sabine for two or three seasons for all I give a fuck. Uh, really, really play this out. But they won't. They're impatient. They're, they're, all these streamers are knee-jerking at this point in time. I mean, look, look what Nick was spitting over to Summer. Fire up Netflix right now and count how many fucking HBO series are on Netflix. Band of Brothers. Right? The Pacific. They're all showing up. Just like he said they would. So That's how you get I, money. <laughs> I just I just hope Bob keeps his lasers of budget cutting focused on the MCU and not Star Wars. Let Dave keep cooking. Let's keep this shit going. Uh, I, I don't think Star Wars is the property turning people away from your service. I really don't. I don't I think, think what it's what's re- costing you money either. It's all those fucking Marvel shows that exploded over the last two or three years. Loki starts today, by the way. Or tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe. Today, tomorrow, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, I think that, like, if we're going to get into, like, the financial side of it, like, they, they, Disney Plus needs to do, or Disney needs to do what HBO did, like you mentioned. Like, they need to license their products. Like, if, if they really are in financial trouble, which they are assuredly not, um, they need to start doing what, what HBO did, because you know that HBO got fucking... X millions of dollars for licensing Band of Brothers in the Pacific to Netflix. But by the and way, you, if you've never watched those because you didn't have HBO, watch them today. Some of the greatest fucking World War II shit you'll ever see. All yeah. true, too. It's all true. Yeah, no, it's Easy all... Easy company, it's all, motherfuckers. Just, the 101. Fantastic story. I've watched Band of Brothers all the way through probably 10 yeah, times. I mean, I, I, I know half their names still. I mean, fucking Captain Winters is my guy. Yeah, dude, it's, it's such a good show. But I mean, and like, if you really want to start getting valuations on things and, and like, if they really want to see like property value, like intellectual, intellectual property value for, for all of their, their different IPs, if they start licensing them, you'll see what people will pay for it. Like you'll see, you know, what, who, who's going to pay, like what's Netflix going to give me for the Star Wars TV shows. Versus what are they going to give me for the Marvel TV shows? And then you can really have a solid value associated with these IPs. Because if you like the only thing that would really fuck you if you're a Star Wars fan and they did that is that there are more Marvel series than there are Star Wars series. So as a package deal, you can probably get more for Marvel because it's more content but as like you would have to do it like on a on a quality deal, like it, like series by series, what are you going to get more money for? Right. And and figure it out. Figure and it and out Netflix like is the home for all this, by the way, people. The, the, the largest install base, they're not tied to any particular studio. So they are going to be the platform that gets these 
rentals, yeah. if you will, hundred percent. Like it, it, yeah. that's that's where they're all going to go. It's not like Disney's going to rent Star Wars to HBO and HBO is going to rent their Game of Thrones to Disney. They're not they're not going to cross streams like that. But Netflix is kind of the the middleman yeah. they can tolerate making a little money off of their yeah. content. I mean, what would really be fucking interesting is if like because all these licensing deals are coming around, like you you could see a new streaming service pop up. That literally just buys just, the licenses the to everybody's yeah. shit. Misfit like, shows. Yeah, it's like because Westworld <laughs> ended up going to like some free service. Yeah, like I think Tubi. it was Tubi. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 Westworld's Fucking on Tubi. Freebie. But then but then they just announced that a Westworld movie might be might be getting Good. made. I, I want to <laughs> see because there was there's definitely potential for another season. But HBO, they were tired of dealing with fucking Nolan. They're like, ah, eh, fuck it, we're we're done. Yeah. So I think that like. That that may be the ultimate tell, like from Disney is like if you start seeing Disney right. properties being licensed. What's Netflix to, worth? What's yeah. Netflix going to pay for Ahsoka? So I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but yeah, just, I mean, right now it's it's really hard. And it like is, there, there, I mean, like like Bango's saying here, there is many years to cover, and and so far, the Mandoverse has technically only covered about two years. I mean, it's set seven years after Jedi. But in terms of content in that timeline, we've only seen about two years, two and a half tops. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we do still have decades to go. It's just with the plans laid out by the studio and the executives, it seems like everything's on fast forward. There is no patience mm-hmm. for slow burns anymore. It's let's get right to the fucking crossover movie and do something else. I don't know. I, I don't know why they're in such a rush to get us to the doorstep of the force awakens. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would, like, it was my assumption that there was going to be a clone war style TV series that was going to like slow burn lead into that. Like you started, I mean, like even if you started at fucking 10 years out, like, yeah, from from it, then you still have a lot of time. To, I, like, I mean, dude, doesn't it seem like they're, they're like still that. only going to get us, you know, maybe, 20 years before TFA, it really doesn't feel like they're taking the time to take us almost all the way up. And I, I guess I understand some of it because at that point you would more or less have to start showing characters like Ben and, and, and Leia and Han. So I'm assuming that's yeah. probably why this isn't going to happen <laughs> and why we're going to end it many decades before TFA. Yeah. But where do we go from here? Like, are they just going to turn off the star Wars faucet? I they ain't making that, like- movies. Yeah, I mean, you, you like, and here's the thing is if you're going to do it, if you're going to, if you're going to do a series that leads into, or if you're going to do stuff that really like leads up to the time period of TFA, you can't really focus on heroes. And that's all that Star Wars has done is like the first show that we're ever going to get that's going to not focus, that's not going to be primarily focused on the heroes is Acolyte. But if you're going to tell a story that leads up to TFA, you can't tell a New Republic story. What are you going to tell a New Republic story about? Everything's chill. Everything's going well. Oh, Han, Han left his, his wife and kid at home because he's a smuggler at heart. Yeah. like That I mean, scruffy looking nerf herder. So, I mean, you there's two options that you have. You tell a story about the founding of the New Jedi Temple and, and, and the training of the New Jedi. But we were under the impression that it was not around for that long before it got destroyed. 
Like there, there wasn't a lot of storytelling and maybe there has been in, in like comics Dude, or stories yeah, after. I, in like a four fucking comic run. So not, not much. From well, what yeah, I could can, tell you, it was, it was Ben and three other humans. That was Luke's fucking school. So that, and that's the problem is like, they've already essentially cut that story off at the knees. Cause I read that rise of Kylo Ren comic series. Yeah. And, and like, it was good. Yeah. Like the, the, the content of it was good, but you're led to believe that like, he's one of his first trainees and he's only there for fucking a year. If that, before he like really tears it down. Yeah. It might be a couple, but I, yeah. I think Leia said when he was like 10 or something, she pretty much kicked them off to the uncle yeah, and so he might've like made four or five years yeah, and then went so, batshit. So like you can tell that story in that minimal timeline, but again, like that would have to be so close to like you could only like you said oh, you can only tell that four years out. Something I I forgot to ask you about, and it's like I don't know, people, which shows are we watching? Um, what what about Mayor Jade? And and here we go. The reason I'm bringing this up, no joke. A lot of people are are trying to say that Shin is going to be the new Mayor Jade. Because she's a little dark. She worked for Thrawn. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know, dude. I was like, no, her name's fucking Shin Hati. She's she's, she's not Mayor Jade. Well, yeah, I mean, like... I guess, like... I think they're saying in spirit, maybe, and she might be good and then go back to the known galaxy and fuck Luke. I don't know. I don't don't know how that would work exactly honestly, because I, I, she's I so like she's it. so much younger than luke like like from where from how i'm reading shin is she's like a teenager like 16 17 18 right yeah, there what, like what, luke's probably about what 27 yeah 28 like he, something like that maybe 30 he was 19 at the end he was 19 at the beginning of uh of a new hope he was 24 at the end of rotj that i believe right yeah, so he's about so, 31, 30, so, yeah, 33. Like that would be a, that'd be quite an little, age gap. Little little creepy, but hey, you know, yeah. it's it's a Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, Andrew, Andrew here, like, hey, Andrew, we, we wish we could get yeah, the so Jedi like, Outcast Luke Academy. That would be great, but that's that canon. ship has sailed, my friend. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, that, that just ain't going to happen, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. That probably would have been a little more interesting. It, it would have been cool. But what I'm saying is like, make a series that's focused on the actual rise of the first order, the interworkings of how that happens, the like really get into the darkness of the galaxy. Like tell, tell a story, a long tail story about how evil rises and how like we, how we go from what was it like, what was positioned to us as like this, like, like small festering sore of the first order that like everybody in the new Republic government knew about and just ignored. And then all of a sudden this fucking thing explodes on them and has now taken over the galaxy. Like show us the rise of the first order through a show it like a long tail show show us, show us the rise of evil in the galaxy in a way that we haven't seen it before. Give us some of these, like some of the things that we read about in the comic in that rise of uh, Kylo Ren comic series where he's getting communications from this dark, these dark forces and he's starting to lean into the dark and the breakdown of the relationship between him, his parents and his, his like the, the breakdown of the relationship between him and his mother because of the darkness in him. 
and and lead that into the the Luke Skywalker Academy series. Like there's so many good things that you can do with a show like that, but I'm just afraid that they are afraid to make it because they don't want to show that is focused on evil for the large majority of its run. But that's where, that's how, that's almost how you would have to tell that story because there's like, as far as we know, like there was no, at least, like I said, as far as we know to this point, there was no clone war style conflict that was going on in the, like in the interim between the rise of the new Republic and the rise of the first order that happens in TFA like they may write something like that, like some sort of like conflict that that pops up with like a Yuuzhan Vong style enemy, like we Possibly. got in the old EU. But the New Republic I mean, would still win because I mean, when when TFA comes around, the New Republic is the th- it's a thing. It's like, like it's, in it's power and it's yes. solidly in power. It's, it's, it's there, not and, like, and then Hux blows it the fuck up. Yeah, it's not like the New Republic was on the outs or it was weakened no, after a conflict or anything like thing. that. It's the thing. So like you really like you have really shoehorned yourself into telling a story about the rise of the villains, which is interesting, but I don't know if they're going to make it. So yeah, like I like that is it's an interesting time because eventually you're going to have to get to a point if you keep developing stories in this timeline where you just you have to tell a story that leads right into TFA. What about a sitcom set on Exegol starring zombie Palpatine just constantly fucking with Kylo Dude. through the voices in his head where he's like, Bring- he goes to his acolyte and he's like, look what I'm going to do to Solo today. And he's like, I'm Darth Vader. Ooh. Or, oh, today I'm Snoke. La, 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 la. Oh, fuck. I hate zombie Palpatine. I love Star the character. Wars detours. But fuck. Do it. I would love to see that because if you're going to like, yeah, just hey, make it checking like, in on Palps, what would he do for yeah. fucking 40 years hanging out there as a zombie? I mean, was he yeah. having fun? Did they, did they bring him entertainment Would the acolytes like put on a show for him, perform a circus, or was he just stuck to that thing and just had to sit there and watch his, his body decay? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, playing uh, around with Snoke puppets and jars and whatnot. Like, oh, hey, bring me that puppet today. And he's like, oh, I'm Snoke. No, I'm Palpatine. No, I'm Darth Vader, too. Ha, 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 ha. It's yeah. like, because fuck off. At, at least if you tell a story about the rise of evil in the galaxy, you can in some way remedy that fucking terrible somehow Palpatine returned line. It's so and it's bad. like, okay, it's so bad. Yes, somehow he it's somehow so he returned to the good guys in the galaxy because the good guys are always blind to the machinations of the bad guys. But at least us he as returned the, audience the moment would know. he he was tossed, bitches. <laughs> like yeah, he never like, went anywhere. At least at least we would know as the audience. Like at least we would be like, oh, we well, we saw how that happened. Like it's, we, it's, it's now like a we force know. fart shits him out of that that pipe. And like the first, the first 20 minutes is his essence floating through space and going through the, the wayfinder portals and that red space. And he lands on Exegol right into his clone body and he wakes up. He's like, ah, just as planned that fucking Vader. I knew he would finally step up and kick my ass. It's, like it, uh, it's so bad. Like who fucking greenlit this shit? 
I mean, it's got to be, it's like, like they're going to have to address it at some point. And I feel like, you know, after this, cause like after you're finished with this Mando verse, you, you got to get to it at some point. It's, it's, it's gotta be on the docket. Maybe like, like, I I think it was Kung Fu saying that, that, you know, maybe Abeloth will, they'll use her as the thing that brings Palpatine back or some shit. I did, who cares? I mean, it's all fucked up. There is no Band-Aid big enough to fix somehow Palpatine return. You just, you can't do it. it, it, it it's one of the poorest narrative choices ever made in Star Wars. And that's big coming from me with my beef with, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I, I think so. somehow Palpatine returned is even worse than how Anakin's fall is portrayed in that movie. And oh, that, oh what, that is 100%, huge. That is 100. It's like for me. I mean, even if like we we could we could we've done this before and we could do it multiple times over and over again. But like, even if you just write it better, like even if you just use what you used in Fortnite in the movie, like <laughs> oh. in in the actual film. But no, I mean, like, it yeah, it hurts I mean, me to think about it. It's like every dude, the rise of Skywalker is just fucking shit. It's absolute <laughs> shit. So it really is. Know. Like, I know everyone wants to, to pin the blame on TLJ. No, Tross is what sunk the sequel trilogy. It, it was the nail in the motherfucking coffin. Started with the bad decision to let people fart around with the stories. And it ended with fucking terrible, terrible terrible somehow palpatine return so yeah i don't know we'll we'll see we'll see what happens uh when well hey listen (laughs) the only series they ever need to fucking consider that it would be a sure shot home run we we've pitched it a million times darth fucking vader inside the head of the dude in the helmet let's go like like it doesn't get any better than that yeah i don't care i mean he's beholden the the past and the present who gives a fuck that would be the freshest shit you ever saw being Vader as as the the protagonist, your yeah, your like your a, main vessel to watch the story play out. You get to see what he's doing, thinking, reacting to. But never get yeah, because when you have a perspective change like that, everything around it changes. Like the entire galaxy changes when you change the perspective, because now the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys are the bad guys, exactly. and you get to see everything right. from the other side, That's which we've shit. never gotten to do in star wars before like I, i'm like bango bango's got a point you know i'd love for another show that's andor-esque and that it's jedi-less show us other yeah. corners of the galaxy sure well because that's what it would have to that's be that's what the mandalorian what, was until we're like oh no let's bring in luke and yeah. ahsoka and this person and that person and that one and bo katan and this guy and somehow yeah. he returned and, and like you could have that story that leads into tfa you could have that story that right. is that is not about that is like the machinations of the evil forces within the galaxy that Bro, are you, you could follow Lor Santeca <laughs> around as he was yeah. trying to hide whatever from Kylo Ren. I yeah, mean, like there's there's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, but all right. It just right. they just we'll see how it gets done, <laughs> I guess. Or well, if for it the, gets done. For the sake of time, I feel like you and I could just keep going, but I'm going to go ahead and, and move us along. Um, I, I know, when are you gone? Is it next week or two weeks from now? So I will be here uh, next week, right, but so I next, will not next be Next Tuesday here. and then the following Tuesday. So I'll, I'll just put it out there. Here, here's your tease. 
All right. We, we're not done with Ahsoka yet. We, we always like to have an official ceremony to put a Star Wars show to bed. So that more than likely will be next week because I, I really doubt we're going to have a lot of news to discuss. So I'm thinking next week we do our um, top top moments of the season, maybe some wonky moments of the season. We know where Nick will go on that list for sure. I think I'll just let him run that. <laughs> I'll do the top. He can do the negative. And then one of my favorite is revisiting our once and prediction segment to to kind of see where those things hit. Uh, I have a feeling we, we we hit a few of each, but it's always fun to kind of go back with a little bit of hindsight and revisit some of the dumb shit we were saying before the show started. So that's probably what we're going to get into next Tuesday unless something massive comes up that warrants our full attention. But for now, Nick, it is time to move our happy asses into this week's fan segment. We do it every week here on the show, the only Star Wars fan podcast to do it. Well, there's two ways to get involved. First is through the question of the week, which luckily our boy Bango reminded me today that I needed to post it. And uh, I did very late, but hey, uh, we do that on Instagram at StarWarsTime.show. Look in the stories, look in the profile. All you got to do is respond. If you really want to get involved at, at this point in time, you have to tell Instagram <coughs> that, all right? And then say, we want to see posts from StarWarsTime.show. Okay, we, we, we are, a, you know, we, we lost our mega account. So <laughs> trying to get the question of the week out and get any sort of response has been pretty pathetic. But we do it. We're here to do it. And we're here to discuss it. So let me go ahead and get the screen switched up here as we shift into the question of the week responses. Okay, that is definitely not Slack. That's Nick. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, we'll get there. The question is very, very tricky. What was your favorite or least favorite moment from the Ahsoka finale? There it is. All right. All right. Um, I'll st- I think we have a story to start. I'll take that. This comes from Bango31, uh, the person that reminded me here. So, all right, here we go. Won't have time to check back on the queue of the week, but my favorite parts, seeing Thrawn's long game pay off. All Ahsoka-related duels, Ezra rebuilding his lightsaber, Ray of Mortis! Thrawn's got one hell of a force behind him. He completed step one. It felt bookish Thrawn to me in that there were a bunch of little things he had to do and hitches he had to mitigate in order to accomplish his primary goal, but he stayed focused on the long game. I can't wait to see what he's got in store next. And boy, did that ending with Ray make his death even hit harder. Yes, sir. I'm not even going to let Nick fuck you up, but I'm, I'm sure Nick has plenty to say. Oh, man. But All right, needs, next up. He needs to read. Like, this is his job here, so we got to leave him alone. Next up, it is Tones1138, our good buddy Tones. He says, loved it all, especially the endings to the character arcs throughout the show. The Mortis stuff was mind-blowingly good. They got to recast Balin for sure now. Leif Schreiber would be an outstanding replacement due to his likeness of Rey. Uh, so now Ezra is back in the Mandoverse. I'd love to see him and Luke together at some point. I mean, why not? It makes for an awesome meeting of the two of them and a great buildup towards Filoni's movie. Force Ghost Anakin was the icing on the cake at the end, too. Overall, Ahsoka was an excellent addition to the Star Wars timeline. Bring on season two. Hey, the, the Ezra-Luke stuff... 
I can tell you it's probably not going to happen until like there's like a fight. I mean, Luke truly it's, is like a, a distant motherfucker. He 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 doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. Clearly, he does not care. He and didn't fuck like, with Operation Cinder. He didn't give a fuck. So like they, he ain't doing shit. They said this. This is something that um, Mark said when they first were like before the sequel trilogy was finished. Like when 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 like when TFA first came out or something or, or, or like when, when uh, like when TFA first came out, he was like, yeah, like we, or maybe it was JJ who said this and he was like, yeah, we, we tried out putting Luke in earlier, but when you do that, it just turns into the Luke show. Yeah. He just kills everybody. He's unstoppable. And, and like, that's what, ha- that's what happens here is like, as soon as Luke shows up, it's over. Yeah. That's it. Like, you, so you can't bring them in too early. It ha, it literally has to be like somebody's got to save the day. Red five standing by. Like it, I, it's I like, got to yeah, be yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. He just comes in, lands casually, walks out yawning. Right? He's like, oh fuck, that was a long trip. Flips his hood up, looks up at the chimera, and just goes like, and fucking rips it down. He's like. Looks around, shrugs his shoulder. Like, he's you like, guys good? It? You guys yeah. good? All right, I'm 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 out. I'm going to go back and hang out with my robots building stone temples for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they, because that's the truth. Yeah. Like, that's how Star Wars has been written. It's like, when he's in it, it's over, motherfucker. Like, they don't, there is no villain. And like, obviously, it, that that is, that's all about what, you know, we talked about with stuff already being written and stuff. But there's no villain that's been written in Star Wars that can stand up to him. So, like, it, but that's I mean, his dad go. was able to for a little bit until yeah. his dad was like, "Oh shit, my son's right now. I'm weak, and he's gonna yeah. beat me." <laughs> so. And then, like, his dad owned his ass until his dad was like, "Man, I really fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't kill well, my son." And to the point where he pissed Luke off enough that Luke's like, "Hey, let, let me dip into this dark side shit yeah. my family likes to fuck with." And sure enough, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Whack, 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 whack. There's your hand, bitch. You want some more? And he's like, oh, fuck. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, Let really. Let me take a breather. Luke's like Superman with no fucking <laughs> kryptonite. Like, his only kryptonite is his own depression. And, and, like, yeah, and and projecting his being across the galaxy. Yeah, that, 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 that takes him out, man. Like, if he doesn't get a good nap before that, he's dead. Yeah. So, so but yeah, I mean, I but, did. But, no, like I mean, for in, in all seriousness, though, what do you think Ezra's main mission is going to be? It's going to be getting the New Republic aware that Thrawn is here, and then how fast can I get back and save my friends? He, he's not yeah. going to be. He, he might want to like give him a high five, but his focus is not going to be Luke. Yeah, no, one hundred percent not going to be Luke. Um, all right, cool. So two seven nine seven studios. He says, "What a great finale!" There defiantly was a lot of like a lot to like. Uh, the action was well paced. Thrawn finally felt like Thrawn to me. It, it, it says I, defiantly. Hey, no, no, you got to read it as written. You are right. I was like, what the fuck is Bat saying? But now I get it. Uh, it's, I assume it's there's definitely was. Yeah, I um, defiantly want to yeah. eat dinner too soon. So. <laughs> the fights were superbly done. A lot happened, but it didn't feel crammed in. Homage to Kanan with the saber, the Mortis gods, lots to look forward to. All right. 
That Man, this key. one's going to be a fucking long one. Uh, Scissor Me Xerxes says, I loved Ezra building his new Kanan-inspired saber and Morgan's power upgrade. Also very intrigued about where Balin and Shin are going in their respective paths. I found the fight against the undead troopers to be incredibly frustrating. Missed opportunity. Three armed Jedi, or three Jedi armed with lightsabers. Some of those troopers should have been cut to pieces. Only one lost their head, and the rest didn't even have to... Uh, didn't even have superficial lightsaber wounds. What really could have been a tension-filled race against the clock, epic fight sequence to stop Thrawn just felt like a big McDonald's cheeseburger quality nothing. Thank you, Scissor Me Xerxes. Hey, I don't Nick's, t- Nick's got an ally, finally. I mean, but the thing is, it's like he's almost saying they should have kicked their ass harder. Yeah. Like, but I at love least this, he, though. But at a least big he, McDonald's it, cheeseburger quality nothing. That is fantastic. But at least he acknowledges that the fight wasn't even a fight. Um, I don't want to take away from the tremendous highlights this season had, but this was a long awaited, but had, but this long awaited th- live action Thrawn debut. And he just spent three days loading stuff onto a star destroyer. Not exactly a character defining <laughs> introduction. Oof, me and scissor and are easy to sit it. down clink a beer and be yeah. like what happened <laughs> um i'm gonna, i leave. just want to start using a big mcdonald's cheeseburger quality nothing that is just an that excellent was a really good diss. that was really well put um <laughs> where the, does that even come from <laughs> well done scissor me xerxes uh league of extraordinary sixers says the duel between ahsoka and morgan elsbeth the choreography athleticism and passion that was involved was peak star wars uh, and then oh, to close man. it out, Mando Pirate says least favorite part was that you could see they were in the volume the whole time going through <laughs> the plains of Peridia. I mean, uh, I, I I guess like I just don't look at the back. Like maybe that's my thing. Like I don't look at the backgrounds enough. Like I because I don't notice the volume, and maybe it's just like I'm focused on like looking at the characters yeah, and like dude, their movements. You're and stuff so like that. pissed like, off at Thrawn, you could focus on nothing else. To, maybe like, that's it. Ah, fucking Thrawn's a pussy idiot. Ah, he's a big McDonald's cheeseburger Jeez. quality nothing. He was man, <laughs> fucking no patty to be found. Huh, like, I don't know why I like that fucking saying so much. I, it's just it's a classic. It's fresh. I've never heard that. <laughs> big that was fucking. It was McDonald's solid. cheeseburger quality. <laughs> Good I'm guessing there. Scissor's not a fan of Mickey D's. Huh? He likes the chicken nuggets, <laughs> not the cheeseburgers. Yeah. All right. Holy shit, man. That, I, this usually is my favorite segment when we get stuff like that. So that's why I want more comments. Listening to Nick read the shit you people type <laughs> is one of my is the highlight of the show for me. Oh, and, man, and we finally got like, I don't feel like we've had good ones, but today we got a few with defiantly and then the, the big McDonald's yeah. cheeseburger quality. Nothing. Dude, like, love it. I got it. Like, I hope scissor me Xerxes listens to the show. I think he does <laughs> just aces brother. Aces. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for Nick. I'm like, Hey man, you found your, your fucking partner now. Because oh, I, I think that, shit, like, that if, was great. If, if Ryan, aka the intern, <laughs> hadn't already steeled himself for Thrawn to be bad, he probably would have been as up in arms as I was. But he literally said after the first episode, he was like, "Yeah, I've been preparing for him to be terrible the, the entire time <laughs> leading up to this show." 
And I was like, well, you did a good job. But but. I I don't think anyone was preparing for him to be a big McDonald's cheeseburger (laughs) quality nothing. So thank you, scissors. You made my day. All right, let's get this last one done. Holy shit. Crank it out. This is the end here, people. This is the next segment in the fan (laughs) segment is the top five Star Wars fan artists features of the week. To get involved with this segment, make sure you add tag at StarWarsTime.show on all of your Star Wars related Instagram posts. <sighs> That's how I see them when I pick the top five. We have definitely seen an influx of people using the ad tag on their posts for uh, for me to see. So thank you for all of those who are getting involved in that. If you are involved in it, tell your friends who are Star Wars artists to be involved in it too, because they could make it into the top five. To kick off the top five for this week, we have at Corey.kfigures, and he's given us just a straight-up awesome Darth Vader on Mustafar shot. You see the big robot man with his red lightsaber out, some TIE fighters there in the background, and you see his nice Mustafar castle there in the background. It's just a, it's just a good Darth Vader portrait on his new home planet of Mustafar. Yeah, man. I mean, that's my guy. That's a good-looking Black Series figure, as most Darth Vaders are. It's hard to fuck up Darth Vader, though. So, uh, we we love Vader here. You shoot him, we'll probably feature him. So, good good work from Corey K. Corey K. actually does some kick-ass little, uh, like, one twelve scale Hot Toys quality clone customs, if people are into that type of shit. So, uh, good at shooting, good at customizing. Good, good Speaking of customizing... Around. I'm about ready to get a sweet fucking Darth Maul skull from Bat. I just got nice. got to send the send the payment over there, but I'm excited to get that. Sick. All right. Stuff. So yeah, Corey.k underscore figures over on the IG. Check them out. Nice, nice. Next up, we have a shot from Galactic Photography 66. And it is Galen. a shot of yes, Galen Merrick, aka Star Killer from the Force Unleashed video games. And uh, he was not Maroc, for those of you who were wondering still. Not Maroc. Um, do you think when they did the raise the dead shit that Maroc just like woke up in the middle of the forest and yeah, was like, sure, why not? Like, oh, where I, guess, am I? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that spell can't cross. It, got, ga- it the, doesn't cross galaxies. The void, you know, can't yeah. get past the void. So yeah. Can't get past that. He's just hanging out there. His, his armor's yeah. getting rustier. Yeah. So, but anyway, so what we see here, Star Killer just cutting through stormtroopers in this uh, what looks like Imperial Star Destroyer of some sort. Looks like there's one behind him that that has missed his blade. But I'm sure that after he finishes yelling and standing on this guy, he's gonna go cut this guy, the other guy <laughs> That's down. That's my favorite as part well. is this, this face sculpt that comes with this figure. He's just like ah. ah! awesome this is a this is a fig package that i would have 100 bought back in the day when i was cuckoo for black series but nope not anymore if you want to give me a galen in in hot toys i'll consider it but doesn't take away from galactic photography 66 it is a sweet sculpt but uh, you know having that the boot down on the trooper i am i am warrior yell and then like nick yeah. said that that dope behind him is about to uh, <laughs> check out of life this guy, it's the guy who like walks into the room after the fight's already over and then like, immediately oh runs away. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> fuck. I'm glad I was late for my shift. Yeah. It's like, let me get out of here. So good stuff there at Galactic Photography 66. 
Next up is at Talon underscore illustrations. And Talon is definitely good at illustrations. And what we see here is the moment that Ezra Bridger catches Shin Hati's blade with the force only and stops it right mid swing. Uh, Awesome moment here captured in beautiful illustration by Talon. And if you don't follow Talon illustrations, the guy is an absolute master of, of taking uh, moments from the screen onto an illustrator pad. I see our boy Devin in here. Devin, is this is this pure illustration or is there some vector art going on with with Talon? I, I think it's pure illustration. Uh, either way, Talon underscore illustrations is a master illustrator. I, mm-hmm. I mean, the dude or they whatever they they put out shit daily. There's commissions you can get. They, he'll do like custom clones and yeah, scene recreations. It's just it's just it's a fantastic style. I, I do like, the, the, is illustration a style or is that just like a technique? I always thought of like Illustrator is the Adobe program, but I always thought right. of illustration as like you're, you're drawing, whether it be like on a Wacom tablet, like okay. in, like onto it or, like or something freehand like more or less. And then you yeah, color like, it. Oh. Who cares? It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it, you gotta remember we're, we're, it's arts and shit. We're stupid. It, it's just, we like it. It it's, looks pretty. Yeah. Look pretty. Real ass paint. Uh, the, uh, our <laughs> expert is saying looks like full illustration. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, at talent underscore illustrations on Instagram. Make sure to follow. Uh, next up is at yayo underscore yayo. toy underscore photo. Yayo. And what we got here from yayo is an awesome Darth Maul shot. I don't know if like this, if this like mall is new, if there's yeah. like a new mall out. Nope. You got it, buddy. Okay. So, and, and it's a new... This is one of these things where it's like, I don't know how the companies get away with this, but it is, it's not like an officially licensed mall. I think they call them like angry man. Really? I'm not kidding. I don't, I literally don't know how these motherfuckers don't get sued upside down, but yeah, you are right. This is a new release. A lot of uh, the toy photography community has him because he's essentially a, a hot toys, one twelve scale, uh, TPM mall. Yeah, I mean, it looks sick. And what we see here is Angry Man, not Darth Maul, apparently. I don't know. Uh, it is something like that, but that's what they do. And I don't, it, it, you know how we, we've talked about bootlegs. We're literally yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's fucking suck fuck walker. Like, okay. <laughs> but they're, they're literally just like, yeah, angry red guy. And that somehow skirts the license. Yeah. So whatever this guy is named, but is clearly uh, after, <laughs> like, designed after Darth Maul. Is just uh, you know making it's his way through. It's a great figure, man. It looks fucking awesome. I mean, oh yeah, it looks awesome. sick. The f- the face sculpt is insanely good, especially like if you if you catch some of these shots where it's a close up on the face. I mean, it's yeah. crazy good. Um, but this one here, we have Maul working his oh, way Nick, through. Black Warrior is what they call him. Sorry, <laughs> Black, Black Warrior, Warrior by Play One Twelve. There it is. Yeah, Black oh, Warrior. I told you. Gosh. Like how yeah. how does that happen? Like. How, it's not like dudes in a basement. Like th- this is a, a a fully functioning business. Yeah, I mean that's insane that they Black can just do that warrior <laughs> and put it. They probably like changed the design of his Sith tattoos a little bit too, and like that's right, how yeah, they he's, got he's missing it. a horn or some shit. It, it yeah. just that is unbelievable. But oh well, he's hey, only got seven horns instead of get eight. it, get it where you can get it. I guess try to make that cash. But shit, right? Jeez, just blatant ripoff. But this blatant ripoff. 
uh, is, is ripping through clone troopers right right now. He's got one lifted up in a force yep. choke. Got his single red blade, not his dual red lightsaber, just the single blade out. There and it is. That, yeah, that was the change. <laughs> Yeah, that's the change. Um, and is is clearly on a battlefield where he's already taken out some foes as well. So awesome, awesome action shot of uh of what was it? Black Yeah, Black Warrior. Warrior. You know, Black, Black Warrior, Warrior from the Phantom Menace. That from, guy. Yeah. From the Phantom <laughs> He something. He, he fought he fought Long Hair Man and Braid Boy. Yeah. And Bobby won Kenofri. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. On the planet uh, Pabu. Yeah, so good stuff here. Yay, you toy photography or yay, you underscore toy warrior. underscore photo kills it with the with the mall knockoff. And hey, it looks good enough to where it doesn't matter if it's the real mall figure. It still looks fucking awesome. Yeah, so hey. good shit there at yay. Yo, oh, we got one of these busted photo. joints. That's right. And we Hold got on. a busted joint. We got to click I'm, I'm, to open I'm, I'm it. Pulling it up. And oh no. Keep go ahead, just rip on okay. it. I'll, I'll get well, it. Well, anyway, it's from one of our uh, one of our good buddies from at Gree Zero One on the Instagram, and what we see here is a shot of some of our forgotten heroes, the Bad Batch. There we go. We got we got a shot of Crosshair talking to his brother Hunter, uh, as it seems like this may be a recreation of the moment or like a a. a uh, positioning of the moment where Crosshair is finally deciding to to break from the batch themselves. Uh, yep. It's an awesome shot of these two as the as the moment of of division happens between Crosshair and the rest of the group. Um, I, I I think this might be a digi uh, shot. I don't know if you yeah. can tell Matt. Yeah, um, no, definitely digirama going on there. But uh, yeah, no, it's just a fantastic shot of Hunter and Crosshair here in their full Bad Batch getup as as Crosshair uh, prepares to betray his brothers in arms. I just had Hot Toys Crosshair join the cast with me to put us to bed. He's he's standing in view to check out out his shot here. Good stuff. Yeah, looking good from Gree01. All right. That's it. At Gree Zero One. That's the end of the top five. And that's the end of our show for this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Matt, go ahead and close us out. All right, my friend. Well, hell, the way I have crosshair positioned, he can put (laughs) us to bed. Let me get out of the way there, buddy. Why don't you go get yourself a toothpick? Yeah, as Nick said, it's time to put 281 to bed, my friend. So you know what to do. Let's do a little dance. Head on over to StarWarsTime.net. Burn that domain into your head so you can start spreading the good word of Matt and Nick across the galaxy that's right we are the only star wars fan podcast you really need to come to no dumb shit over here just dumb hosts all right there's always time for star wars time don't you forget it keep it going uh those little clips nick's been pissing out there they've been fun definitely generating more interest than the stuff i ever did so kudos to that i have a feeling we we should be able to generate up to six out of today's show i think there's some good little random tangents buddy so get those keywords ready and see oh, yeah. what opus can find for us keep your eyes out for that we we post across three there tiktok instagram youtube sub it up my friends let's go here's the sub reminder like this little show share this little show subscribe to this little show and don't forget those notifications because there's always time for star wars time and we are here to remind you on a weekly basis And then in between, through our content uploads. All right, everyone. 
it's sad that Ahsoka's over. Let's hopefully the SAG Astra strike resolves. That should get Skeleton Crew back on track for potentially a, a late winter, early spring release in 24. Potentially get Acolyte back on track and or Mando Season 4. Let's get Ahsoka Season 2 greenlit. The best way to do that is to tell everyone you know to just watch the show on loop for the next year and a half. That way Bob has no other choice. All right. If you listen to the Star Wars Time Show and you're new here, the Force will be with you always. Always.